Hey guys, this is Ralph Macchio. Hey, what's up y'all? This is William Zabka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I'm Peter, and joining me as always, my number one, Brianna. Aww, hey. I am Brianna, and in the background we have Dozer, he's going to co-host today, I apologize Do- in advance. Do- Dozer's the dog who eats uh, microphone pop filters and says hello and uh, all types of other things. And mice and cries and gripes and, yep. Computer mouse. Because yes. when you first told me that Dozer ate the mouse, I literally thought that it was a real mouse. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, if he would eat real mice, I'd be happy. But he has legitimately, literally, in the last three months, eaten five mice, computer mice. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, Thank God they're cheap. I mean. But that's still 50 uh, bucks if, I shouldn't have had to spend. If the diet works for him, I say get it. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, we're here to do uh, we're we're doing a live stream. So just in case for no, those that really? are listening, well, you know, uh, I do put this on the audio podcast as well. Oh, that's true. Um, yes. So we are talking about season one. We're recapping them. I know that the uh, Cobra guys. Shout out to Mikey and Jeremy. They just did a retrospective. Haven't heard that yet. Uh, I definitely I'm definitely gonna listen to that uh, the next day I work. Um, today we are. Recording on Labor Day, so happy Labor Day to those that are tuning in live. I appreciate you guys spending the time with us. Um, but we did uh, get some new subscribers recently, maybe just a little bit about ourselves, Brianna? Um, sure, you first. You're the host guy. Um, well, ladies first. Uh, you uh, recently just put out uh, some character posters, which, you know, I, I love them. Um, why don't you talk about those real quick? Uh, well, I've been I've been doing them um, since the end of July, I think, was the first ones I put up was Johnny and Daniel. Um, and they're just, you know, like fake Netflix release posters. The plan was to have them up before August 28th. Didn't make it. Um, and I just did. Uh, let's see who's out so far. Johnny and Daniel, Miguel and Robbie, Tori and Sam. And then yesterday was Eli and Dimitri. Hawk and Dimitri. Hawk, well, okay, Hawk and Dimitri. Yeah, it was definitely not Eli. Um, and then we've got four more individuals coming. And okay. hopefully, if I can make it work, one of the two dojos combined. But we will see. I like that. Um, yeah, for anybody that's newer to our channel, uh, definitely check it out. We have some live streams of some Karate Kid and Cobra Kai trivia games that we did. Um, obviously, they're... Uh, they were live at the time, but if you go back and, and watch them, we had uh, guests from the Karate Kid movies or from Cobra Kai, and we just read questions. Uh, so you kind of you, you can play along, and you get to learn things as well. And the guests, they also shared stories from the set, so um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, w- one video that I think that we should reshare now that we have a lot of new subscribers and also – uh, the debut of Cobra Kai going to Netflix is when we uh, recap 2019 for Cobra Kai. Uh, that's still one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. That was a fun video to work on. Um, yeah. I, we're going to start that a heck of a lot sooner 
Um, but the, the video for 2020 is also going to be a heck of a lot shorter. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, so check that one out. Uh, we have more videos coming as well. Uh, w- what other videos can you think of that we can uh, kind of promote real quick? Um, a character study for Allie. Okay. A character oh, study. Oh, coming up, yeah. Uh, yep, that's coming up. A character study for Mr. Miyagi coming up. Uh, just the character studies in general. So far, we have Crease and Daniel. Um, young Daniel, not adult Daniel. Um, I was going to hold on to the adult Daniel version until after season three, but that was when I thought season three was going to be in April. So I should probably go ahead and finish that too. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, we, we, we live stream, you know, a lot of times, uh, spur of the moment, you know, drop of the hat. Hey, this cool thing happened. Let's get on and talk about it. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We just kind of do whatever. There's nothing really super structured. Uh, the podcast is where the super structured stuff is. So if you're looking for deep, deep diving into the episodes, that's where you need to go. Peter, tell them where that is. Uh, you can. We recently added our podcast to Spotify, but it is available on basically any podcasting uh, app catcher of your choice. So your Apple Podcasts, your um, I don't know what's going on with Google. I keep getting all types of emails about like them doing different things. So um, we should still be there. But but uh, what is it? Stitcher is one. Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, anything that you use, I'm sure you can find us by typing Cobra Kai Companion into it. Um, also, if you guys notice on our channel, we have some interviews that we have uploaded. Uh, some of them are newer. We, we've been uh, doing some live stream interviews as well. Uh, but on the audio podcast is where you're going to find currently all 48 or 49 interviews that we've done with cast and crew from Cobra Kai and the Credit Kid movies. Uh, I have one recorded that I can probably put up today if I can get around to editing it. Um but uh, it's very exciting stuff with the, again, debut on Netflix. We're reaching back out to uh, people that uh, either we missed before or maybe ones that just completely missed us. And uh, maybe they'll see our uh, request this time around. Yeah. So um, a, a lot of content out there for sure. And, and obviously we uh, have a video of uh, a collaboration of some other content creators, YouTubers, um, uh, Instagram uh, recreators, things like that. And... Uh, that went viral just a few months ago or a couple months ago, and what was it? Forty-two thousand views. I think the last time we, uh, last time I checked it. So for anyone that might have seen that and just followed us, we were two of the people in that video. Um, so yeah, check that out. Yeah, uh, that one it's, got picked up by Pat Oswalt. So that was really freaking awesome. That was pretty awesome. Um, I wish that the social media will let us see like all the names that like and retweet because that's a, a certain part it just cuts off. You know, it's kind of like on Instagram. Like I'm trying to see like who are all my new follows, and sometimes people will comment, and I don't check my phone soon enough, and then I, I miss out on that content just because Instagram cuts it off. Right. So that's stupid too. So I can't even imagine what it's like for the for the celebs. Oh yeah. Um, I, I just seen how many times Ralph and Billy have been tagged on my Twitter feed, <laughs> sure. um, on yeah. my Twitter feed in the last two weeks. I can't even imagine. It, it, there's no way that those two men have notifications turned on. No way. Yeah, I, I bet you that it's so overwhelming that uh, Billy probably threw his phone uh, in, uh, into the beach. No, I think he's pretty good at ignoring it. 
Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, he's been on two interviews, which I think he forgot about one uh, when he went on that that one recently. Yeah. Uh, I forget which channel. It's all right. I mean, to be fair, we were just, you know, bullshitting with him. Yeah, yeah we it were was just a, it was... friends chatting or something, right? <laughs> it was something like that. I mean, we were definitely friendly after the the actual stream, so. Yes. Oh, I mean, we're talking about it. Yeah, check out our live stream with the creators of Cobra Kai, John, Josh, and Hayden, and with Billy and Ralph, too. So that's on there. Check out the channel. Yes, definitely. Yeah, uh, one of our followers. Uh, who was it? Um, oh, gosh. I I wish I had his name with me right now. Was it Ch- Chad or something that had uh, the 65-inch with that live stream on? So he was watching us last night. Yes, that was awesome to see. That was really awesome. Okay, um, so... We're going to recap season oh, one. This Chad is- Harvey. He's right there. Oh, well, there you go. Ch- hey, I was right. I didn't even pull up the the Twitter. So there you are. He's uh, right here in the group. Um, we've never done one of these before, obviously, because uh, there's only two seasons. Both of them just released, and we thought that we would uh, kind of recap them. So what we did was we did a bunch of screen grabs. Um, you know, we're not going to get so in-depth. We're just going to talk about the scenes and the characters uh, maybe lines that we like, moments that we like, things like that. Right. Right. So, um, what, what do you want to start off with? Do you want to just kind of over overall just talk about the the, the first season real quick, pers- like our our thoughts of it? Um, I think we should probably save that to the end. Save an overview. Okay. Save the overview for the end. I gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, let's kick this off then. All right. Here we go with December nineteenth, nineteen eighty four. The first thing all of us saw when this uh, incredible journey began. Uh, This could potentially be a title card for a um, future trivia where everyone's going to get it wrong. Uh, 41. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we ignore. We we ignore the date thing in trivia now. So was that Daryl Vidal or Sean Kanan's uh, guest spot where where the 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 August uh, the August card? Oh, this it was September. Oh, so September. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm doing it again. Newark, New Jersey, September. I can't remember. Daryl, we lost like 30 people when I asked who was throwing the football on the beach. Right. Yep. Uh, that, that was a good, uh, fun tidbit there. Uh, I think at some point that we should also do a, a video slash live stream of our pictures from visiting the set and talking about it. I we think that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't really see a lot of people like going through our archive and be like, oh, let me check this episode out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'm kind of finding out that some newer people, not a lot of them go like all the way back. They just kind of like pick and choose which ones they want to listen to or maybe just start right off brand new. Yep. So um, I, I really do like the introduction of uh, Miguel here uh, and Johnny. I think this this – introduction really tells us a lot about these characters early on it does and i i can remember you know thinking oh my god johnny is racist you know like um (laughs) like this is the our first exposure to him and he's calling this kid menudo and it's like oh i'm somehow not surprised that yeah johnny's racist and not just that he refers to him as an immigrant right and you know uh just by looking at him, right? There was no context yet until he said they were from Riverside. Exactly. And Miguel speaks with no accent. So it's like, okay, that's just really insulting right off the bat. I um, feel like we've had the discussion, but do you think I have an accent? 
No, I Does don't. it come out at all? No? Okay. No. All right. Maybe Texas every now and then, but that'd be about it. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I am the uh, son of a son of immigrants, for sure. I am uh, American-born Texas. Shout out, Corpus Christi. Yay! <laughs> um, also, in this episode, we do uh, get Daniel, but not until a little bit later on. Yeah, uh, we're but- two-thirds of the way into the episode before we even see his face. Right. And then we're like uh, 80% through before we see him. What, what did you think about uh, Daniel becoming an uh, uh, auto, automobile dealer? I was surprised. Um, okay. In, you know, all the, the years that I've been a Karate Kid fan and, you know, the, the little bit of thought that I had put into what Daniel would become, my money was always on him being a teacher or something like that. Um I don't know why I thought that, just that it seemed like it would fit with his personality. Um, hmm. Car salesman surprised me, but then looking back on it and afterthought, I think it was actually a really good idea because that's something else that Mr. Miyagi gave him is a love of cars. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see it uh, for sure. I don't know if I had like a whole lot of opinions. Like I remember still watching the very first uh, trailer and I was just like, Oh, that seems pretty funny. I'm definitely going to check that out, obviously, because it's tied to the credit kid. Um, you know, I would say that I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I, I am a big fan, but th- there's there's plenty of uh, companions in our group, uh, some of which are, are mods, you know, that are still more knowledgeable than me. Um, I love these movies, but I never dove into them like that. You know, there were plenty of lines that, that uh, were on Cobra Kai that I had no idea were from the Karate Kid until I had rewatched the Karate Kid, and it, it's just it's, it's not one that I sat there and just recited ahead of time. I do that with Back to the Future. I'm the guy that you don't want to sit next to watching Back to the Future because I'll say all the lines before they happen. I never did that with Karate Kid. That's me. Right. And See, the so. first few episodes of Companion that I listened to. Um, in my head, I was actually kind of merciless to uh, the original co-host, Tom, <laughs> <laughs> who I now love. Um, so if you're listening, Tom, I love you. <laughs> but Shout out to Tom. Just just spoke with him just a few days ago, actually. And uh, I I made him on um, – I, I texted him. I said, hey, did you watch the Legacy trailer? He goes, I didn't know there was one, of course. And I go, watch it, and I need you to FaceTime me immediately after which he did, and he was pretty excited about it. And um, I was like, who do you think that is? He go, And he had no idea. I go, really? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that sounds like Tom, right? Oh, like, Tom. Yeah, he, he missed like, a lot of yeah. things that to me are um, blatantly obvious. Yeah. And the mind your own damn business, Daniel. That one really <laughs> bothered me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That wasn't a bad catchphrase for him, though. No, it wasn't. It was, it was pretty good. Um, let's see what else uh, happens in this episode. We do get uh, we get to hear more about his relationship with Sid, uh, his stepfather. Yes. Uh, anything. I mean, we didn't know coming out of the Karate Kid. We didn't know anything about Johnny. We didn't know uh, his parents, father, stepfather. All we knew was that he was the rich kid, you know, that liked to pick on people. That was yeah. pretty well all we knew. Yeah. And um also, we do find out that Johnny, at at some point, just 
kind of like Chris at the beginning of Credit Kid Part 3. You know, he's down and out. He's working all these side jobs. So we're just like, what the hell happened to this guy? And his car, it's like, it's really beat up and really old. Whereas in the Credit Kid movie, he's driving a really nice fancy car, which I know you know the make and model of. Um... Oh, it, it's a it's a an Ashanti, I believe. That sounds right. Uh, Ashanti is a singer, but that's that's probably correct too. Ashanti eighty four. <laughs> it was there were only like ten or twelve of them ever made, and the producers knew someone who had one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. The slideshows are really throwing me off, but right uh, because we're all out of sync with them. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, otherwise we'd be talking like this and trying to get everything done. Um. So, you know, we've we've got um, Johnny and, you know, interesting that he starts out, you know, I've always said that that um, before I watched Cobra Kai, I thought that the sequel to the movies was perfect being the um, No More King Sweep the Leg video. And I Mm -hmm. thought that they could never do anything better. And then it starts out with Johnny drunk in, you know, drunken sleeping in bed with a bag of barbecued potato chips and I'm like oh my god this is the No More King Sweep the Lake video they went here um, yeah. and yeah immediately drew me in I think it was, a, it was a wonderful way a lot of people have set up in the chat that it was a great way to re-enter the franchise and I agree it was a wonderful way to do it yeah, this um, this pilot episode, it, it's just it's perfect. It, it gives you everything that you need. It tells you where Johnny is in his headspace, right? A term that the writers like to use um, of how he feels about Daniel, and and all these commercials keep haunting him, whether it's on the radio or uh, all of that. Um, maybe we can uh, uh, throw out some of the uh, interviews too. Um, uh, Kylie Del Rey, who plays Judy. Uh, in one of the opening sequences where Johnny is mounting the TV on the wrong wall, we've interviewed her. Um, a lot. This episode in particular, a lot of cast members we've interviewed. Uh, Vas Sanchez, who plays Nestor, the uh, convenience store uh, cashier. Um, obviously, we've interviewed Josa as Kyler, uh, Bo Mitchell as Brooks. Uh, Susan Gallagher, who plays Lynn, mm-hmm. uh, steals Johnny's pizza when he fights for the first time, and we don't know how long. Yes. Uh, Carrie brings up that with the scene with Judy, there are so many walls in that room. There is absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with the wall Johnny hung that TV on. There's a couch right in front of it. I completely agree. There's nothing wrong with that wall at all. No, not at all. I mean, she just might be upset that he took a shit in her powder room. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. I, I also think there's not much more 80s than, you know, Johnny dumping... Um, a bottle of Jim Beam into an RC Cola, which honestly I didn't even know still existed. RC Cola, absolutely. You can uh, even get Tab still. No way. That's yeah. got to be a coast thing because we don't get it here. Really? I uh, If I re- remember, next time I see them, I'll definitely take a picture. But uh, they they are around. I have not seen a Tab since like 1989. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You want a tab? You got to order something. Oh, my gosh. Someone got that. Yeah, I get that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I absolutely uh, get that. All right. Uh, anything else you could think about from uh, from this first episode? Um, Johnny is a raging dumpster fire, but a beautiful one. And he's haunted by the ghost of Daniel LaRusso, who has no idea he's doing it. Um, Daniel is ridiculously genuinely happy 
mm-hmm. to see Johnny again. Right. So. Um, Carrie saying that one of her friends says that uh, uh, the, uh, he watched it and says it's the perfect show. And I completely agree. Yes. Um, I mean, there's there's some things that you catch, you know, on the second, third, 50th, 100th, whatever, rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. Things to, to, to point out, you know, it's it's inevitable that Johnny and Miguel are going to end up as sensei and student. But at the same time, you also sit there and you realize that if they hadn't thrown Miguel into Johnny's car, then he probably wouldn't have cared. No, no, absolutely not. He was perfectly fine with just sitting there, letting them beat on Miguel until they threw him into the Firebird. Oh, yeah. I mean, the karate is like a drug to him, right? Once he got that little bit of taste again... There was no stopping him at that point. Yeah. Uh, Joseph says that Daniel was kind of smug about the kicked him in his face. Wasn't necessary. No, it wasn't necessary. But he said it as a joke. He was giving Johnny crap because he expected Johnny to give it back. Yep, some ball busting. That's all it was. Yeah, he didn't realize that because where they left things when they were 16 and 18, um, Daniel had no idea that Johnny still hated him. Because Johnny doesn't remember giving Daniel the trophy. I think Daniel does remember Johnny giving it to him. Right. Um, so as far as Daniel was concerned, they were good. Uh, I also completely missed the part where Johnny's car gets T-boned uh, while he's visiting the parking lot. Uh, oh, that's also, because I didn't grab one. Oh. That's my point. Oh, well, uh, I, I, I saw that face of, of him, you know, it looked like he was like in mid-cry. Right. And it, it reminded me of the scene. But uh, in the vehicle was uh, Mary Mauser, Hannah Keppel, and Annalisa Cochran. We've uh, interviewed Annalisa Cochran and Hannah Keppel. Yes. Um, so just, gosh, this first episode, I'm telling you, like, I, I feel bad introducing this episode to, like, somebody brand new because I'll be like, oh, yeah, interviewed them, interviewed them. <laughs> but, you know, if anybody wants to, uh, you know, listen to some interviews with the cast members and, and get some extra insight into the episodes, those are always available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to move on to episode two? Moving on to Daniel LaRusso's side of the story. Um, probably the only YouTube promo that I thought was necessary and that didn't annoy me. Um, which was what? Which was Ralph popping up and all it was was Ralph saying, well, now you've seen Johnny, you know, Johnny Lawrence's side. Uh, Stay tuned okay. to see Daniel LaRusso's side of the story. Right, right. See, the thing is, we didn't take notes, people. Or at least I didn't. I was you, just hoping to... Do you need to... notes? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to, like, uh, figure out where to start off with episode two here. Uh, start um, off with episode two. We've got Dean Martin singing Ain't That a Kick in the Head. Uh, right, which right. Which is officially or unofficially uh, Daniel LaRusso's theme song. As yes. it very rightly should be. That's right, and uh, at this point, he sees the Cobra Kai dojo, right? Yes, traumatic uh, flashback at, at, yeah. in the middle of the street. At a red light, that's right. Um, we also get the introduction of uh, one of Sam's best friend, which we still kind of know very little about Sam, too, other than the reveal towards the end of that episode, Sam being uh, Daniel's daughter, who's in the backseat of the car when they hit Johnny. So here we get Nicole Brown, who we've interviewed, plays Aisha, and... Um, we find out that her and Sam uh, were very close. Right. And, you know, we, we find out um, a little bit more about what kind of cars Daniel sells uh, because he asks uh, Aisha's dad, how's the Q4 treating him, which is an Audi. 
So we know that Daniel deals in, you know, particularly high end. And we've also mm-hmm. seen him driving an Audi at this point. Um, plus here is Daniel LaRusso, you know, the, the kid that uh, dressed like a valet when he was 15 and parked people's cars is now a member of the country club that he had to sneak into mm-hmm. um, when he was 15. And another mention of Aunt Tessie, who I love her, even though we've never met her. I just love everything about Aunt Tessie. Right. Uh, I guess uh, I've kind of forgotten that Robbie was also introduced in this particular episode, played by Tanner Buchanan. Yes. Um, We do get more of the relationship between the two, because in the first episode, we did see a picture of Robbie, who was like, what, 10, eight or 10 in that picture. It was 2010. It was 2010, so he'd have been eight. Yeah, so he's uh, about Sam's age. And, um, uh, yeah, you just find out that Johnny hasn't really been around for him because that's probably the most recent picture that he does have. And it's very evident in the conversation over the phone that Robbie is not a fan of his own father. Right. And speaking of, you know, parental relationships and things like that, um, when we first meet Amanda, I didn't like her. Mm -hmm. I did not. I mean, I liked her just fine at the country club. I liked that, you know, she's asking Daniel what's wrong. He says nothing. All she does is look at him. And he rolls his eyes and goes, okay. Um, So I like that aspect of their relationship. But when she started giving him crap about giving Sam crap about having the party, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That is how you raise spoiled, entitled brat children. Um. Daniel was the one, in my opinion, who was in the right in that particular instance. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in this episode, we had the uh, the part uh, the pool scene, right? We get uh, one of those quotes: "Skinny dips and bong rips" by Brooks, uh, which is a character name that um, I don't know if it's I don't know if Josh is included, but I believe it's a name that Hayden and John use for like characters in their other movies. Really? Yeah, I I feel that Brooks was used as like a police officer in one of their movies. I could be mistaken. Oh. That m- might have been mentioned. I I feel like it might have been mentioned in the the first interview with them right before uh, season 2 premiered. Uh, Carrie and Christy both saying that they were the same way with Amanda. Took them a little bit to warm up to her. Adore her now. Absolutely adore her now. Interesting. Um, and Mike pointing out that all of the boys were wearing Daniel's swim trunks. That's correct. Absolutely. Which, the way Daniel says bathing suits. I know. It's a little weird. <laughs> I can only think that he did it that way because that's the way Daniel said it in the movie. But right, it's just that's such a, a ridiculous way to say it. It's kind of like the way he says karate in the second movie. It right. just <laughs> like as much as I adore him things. sets my nerves on edge. Like, why do you say that word that way? Also, sure, this sure, is sure. the worst screen cap possible ever taken of Johnny Lawrence. Um, uh, and I apologize for it. <laughs> oh, I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I apologize profusely for everyone that was that I should have previewed that before I put it up there. It's fine. Um, there was a mention of the inspector. Uh, that's one of my favorite um, comedic sequences uh, is the dialogue between uh, him and Johnny. So for those that don't know, and I did not find this out until our companion meetup in Atlanta just last year, because uh, John Levine did come to that meetup. And 
I asked him about a character name. He said Keith. He was told Keith. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Did not know that. So I, it's probably in the credits, but it's not something I ever looked up. But uh, we definitely hope to get him uh, on the show at some point. And I have actually seen John Levine since meeting him. I've seen him in several places. Um, he was in the Casey Anthony, uh, a Casey Anthony movie that I watched. Um, is, is that the one with, uh, oh gosh, who plays her in, in that? He plays, or he plays one of the jurors, I believe. No, no, um, who plays uh, Casey Anthony? Isn't it uh, Taryn Manning? Does she? No, oh, I don't, I don't movie. even remember. Oh, it's I just fine. remember John being in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, no, no. It was the Scott. He's Scott and Lacey Peterson. He oh, played God. one of the. He played one of the crooked jurors. One of the potentially crooked jurors in the Scott Peterson. Is that trial. the one with Dean Cain? Uh, Dean don't Cain think played so. Scott Peterson. No, 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 no. In, no, in Dean a TV Cain movie. Wasn't in this one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, it was anyway. Like a, yeah, it was like an unsolved mysteries. Thing. They're all like working a, people. Yeah. Yes. You know, and and true crime is a very popular one. Um, to shoot I will, in Atlanta, apparently too. Yeah, yeah, they, it's it's clearly they like the like the woods <laughs> or something. Right. You know, uh, they they want that type of scenery. Um, another actor that I um, interviewed recently, I'll go ahead and, and pimp it out now. Who was also in a true crime uh, episode of I forget what it was called, but uh, Travis Travis James, who played Broham, college guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was in one of those. Uh, and, and he talks about uh, that episode and his scene in a true crime because, you know, Hannah Keppel's been in one, Susan Gallagher, Tanner's been in one, uh, Annalisa, uh, Annalisa. Annalisa just did yeah. one. Was it like last year? Yeah, so sometime recently. But a lot of them, you know, it's uh, so that they're. Oh, Erin uh, Bradley Danger was in one where she played uh, inspector of sorts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always finding something to do. Um, Evelyn pointing out that he knew he knew Tanner from Fuller House. Um, Tanner, of course, also came from um, Designated Survivor. He had been on an episode of, I believe, didn't Amy post a GIF of him or a short video of him um, as a uh, a transgender girl victim in S- in an episode of SVU? I, I don't recall, but uh, I too. Uh, okay, I saw the episode of Fuller House with Tanner in it before Cobra Kai, and I didn't know that was him. Until somebody mentioned it, and then I went back, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's him all right. I watched an entire series that had Mary Mouser on it and did not realize it was her. Okay. Uh, which was freakish. Um, fantastic show. I watched it for Liza Koshy because I think Liza Koshy is one of the most hilarious people on the planet. And when I found out she had a show, I watched it. And Mary was on that same show, and she was one of the main characters. But then it turns out that I have known Mary since she was eight, maybe, or nine, uh, because she played Jethro Gibbs's daughter on NCIS. Now, um, isn't that what was the the thing that you said? Uh, Mary was just in Freakish. Oh no, no, no the, the Liza Koshy. Isn't that the other? Um actor who had a show on YouTube that was also popular with Cobra Kai? Yes. Okay. And yeah, Amy yeah. points out oh, it was Major Crimes that Tanner was on. Yeah, there we go. Uh, anything else in episode two uh, you want to bring up? I mean, I, I, I know we talked about uh, Ke- John Levine playing Keith and went into other things, but I really love that Cobra Kai line. It's It was one of my laugh out moments. Um, right. Well, we've got... 
uh, episode two, um, if episode one is the nostalgia that sucks us in, episode, hello, Dozer. Uh, Dozer can apparently open up doors. Yeah, he just barged <laughs> his way right in. Um, anyway, uh, episode two is the one that sets up all the foundations for the rest of the show from here on in. Because we establish the burgeoning relationship between Sam and Kyler, which is a huge um, plot point moving forward. Johnny's issues with Robbie and what kind of a, a person Robbie is at the moment. Uh, we see the first flash of Miguel's outrageous temper um, and his desire for payback against Kyler when he beats the living crap out of Bob. Um, yep. So much so that Johnny even starts to doubt whether <laughs> the look on his face says, maybe this is not the best idea. And then the biggest is this scene in front of us right here, which is Johnny and Daniel's confrontation at the dojo. It's the um, recreation of them standing across the mat from each other. Um, beautifully done. The long, low, wide shot. Um which, you know, the big three have said was completely by accident. They they didn't frame it that way at all. It was just uh, pure luck that that ended up framed that way. Mm -hmm. um, and Daniel smiling when he realizes that Johnny is pissing him off on purpose and Johnny smiling because he's pissing Daniel off on purpose. And here we go. Right. It's a it's a um, fantastic episode. I mean, both seasons are, are great. Obviously, I don't think we're gonna have uh, very many criticisms about any of um, uh, the moments on, on this show. Really, uh, also in episode two, uh, we did have uh, Kyler come to the Larusso house uh, for dinner. So fish sticks are dope. Uh, we we find that out there from him. Right. And also we get the little uh, drop of the nugget of um, Daniel's first trip to Okinawa, uh, where he brings back a knife. Right, meaning he's been there before. Uh, Joseph Gabbard is saying that me saying Miguel has an outrageous temper is going a bit far. I don't think so, based on things that we have seen from him later in the season. He does Absolutely. have one. He fights to keep it under control just as much as Daniel fights to keep his under. Um, and this is jumping ahead, but I'm not going to go over it too much. But I believe it was in episode one of season two where Carmen tells uh, Johnny too about like the Miguel's game face you know she's seen that before referring to her um, ex-husband yes yes so uh, if, if Carmen can pick up on it you know I, I believe that's what we're supposed to kind of take from that uh, obviously that's not mentioned until a little bit later on but the the thing that the show really does do well is set things up to come and there's definitely some episodes coming up in season one where they're setting up for things that come in season two right yeah, and this is they did a fantastic job of setting things up so far in advance. You can absolutely tell. Um, I know that the writers, uh, Luan and Joe, that we, we talked to last week, they said there's not necessarily a written show Bible, but these guys know where they're going enough to drop hints of season two way back in, in, in season three, even way back in the first two episodes of season one. That takes an amazing amount of forethought. They have a heck of a lot of this story, uh, six, seven years, however many seasons we get, plotted out already. And they can start laying, you know, the, the foundation for it already. 
Yeah, and um, for those that haven't checked out our podcast, and I I feel like we only have one episode on our channel currently, um, but John Hurwitz does do a Q&A on Twitter every once in a while, and we do recap every single one of those. And I believe the last one I put up was like number 17 of a Q&A. And some of those Q- Q&As have like two or three sessions just because, you know, life happens and, and work, and so sometimes we consolidate those sessions. But um, this, I, I don't believe this is spoilery because he has mentioned it on a, a number of occasions. But he has said that they have ideas that can take them all the way up to six seasons. Right. So having said that, some of these ideas probably have come up. So when they are writing things, they are p- kind of planting a seed. Rather, I mean, whether it's in inadvertently or it's there because they've had those talks. Right. And I clicked the wrong button. We are Uh suddenly in the middle of Escalito. So let's go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I apparently forgot to set this one to start at the beginning. Um, So, okay. So we're just going to jump into um, when you discuss Easter eggs and callbacks and things like that. uh, Quite possibly the... I think this is uh, this is all mixed episode up, four. Peter. This is episode four. No, there I I labeled them in in order. There. Ah, there we go. Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, uh, played it, by Rose Bianco, lovely person. Uh, yes. Interviewed her as well, and met her in person. I adore her. Uh, but when it comes to you know Easter egg episodes, this is probably the Easter egg episode to end all Easter egg episodes. Right, right here, and it's all mixed up, and I don't know why, but you know, um, because it's my fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you needed some help, and I offered. This was my first time doing it, but but I I thought if I just saved these images in numerical order, that it would be okay. So I'm not I'm not sure what happened. Yeah, um, it should. It, it hopefully it'll start running them in order. But yeah, we've got. Uh, that's all that matters. Vanessa Rubio plays Carmen. We've interviewed her as well. So we do get the introduction of the Diaz's and we get an idea of what it's like at home uh, for them. So yes. uh, currently there's no father figure, but I don't believe he's brought it up uh, quite yet either. Right. Hello, Josephine. Um, and also in this one, we, we start to see that perhaps Daniel puts a little more uh, faith, a little more stock in what Johnny says than anyone expects him to, most likely even Daniel himself, because he is really, really super suspicious of Kyler now, which he was not after dinner, you know, the night before or whenever. Yeah, um, this is uh, also this uh, Escaletto is also one of the the shorter episodes of season one and is so well paced. It's wonderfully paced, um, and they hit. They get a heck of a lot of story um, into this because. I think, oh, uh-huh. I would no, say uh, you've got Johnny doing the the promotion. You've got all of the stuff going on with Lynn. You've got uh, Daniel trying to spy on Sam. You've got just like a thousand different plot lines all going on, and you don't notice how tightly packed they are because they're very natural. They they really are. Um, I think a lot of my favorite sequences come from this episode, whether comedic or physical or whatever. Um, I think this is one of my favorite episodes for sure. Uh, I would say probably top three. Definitely not my favorite, but top three for sure. Yes, uh, this is this is pretty high for me too because it does it it, it 
continues laying the groundwork for the show moving forward. But this is also the one that reminds us exactly where we came from in so many ways. Oh, that is a beautiful smile. Um, well, when isn't it? But anyway. Um, Again, hey, I, I made sure that I got some of these like really good ones. That's what took me forever to to get some of these images because I was like, oh, that's not right. Remember how you po- apologized to that screen grab of Right, Johnny? the one of Johnny because yeah. I didn't look at it before. So yeah. I saw that smile. I go, oh, they're going to love this one. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, and there is Aaron Bradley Danger. Um, yeah. Counselor Blatt with her enormous crush on Daniel LaRusso since she was 10 or 11 years old. Yep, interviewed her as well. Um, we did find out from her in the interview, and this is for our new listeners, newer listeners, uh, that her character is the younger sister of Susie, a.k.a. Susan, from um, the first Karate Kid movie, one of Allie's friends. Yes, so the, the smartass that, right that uh, did not uh, did not take, excuse me, did not take any of Daniel's shit. Yes, uh, the, the one wearing sunglasses during uh, uh, cheerleading practice. Uh, because clearly she was tired from the night before. Yes. Maybe she had actually partaken of the um, substance that was being passed around the campfire that it was, you know, cut, was out. cut out. <laughs> um, Mike says that uh, Daniel secretly trusts Johnny and now knows Kyler is bad news. And I think that is 100% true. And I believe that that was my reaction at the time. Um I was actually both surprised and pleased. Yeah. To find out that, you know, even with the way the episode before ended between Johnny and Daniel, here he is giving serious consideration to the things that Johnny told him. And it's again with laying foundations. This is the first glimpse that we get of a Daniel who does not hate Johnny and who actually puts more stock in him than he does in other people around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the introduction of Yaya, but uh, we didn't even talk about like what was going on in that, uh, in that moment where Miguel's in his room, you know, kind of, kind of doing karate and she thinks he's uh, masturbating. Yes. One of my favorite lines. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and it was, you know, the, the, it was one of the few lines that on YouTube we had the subtitles for. Of course, now we have all of the, um, I'm going to say all of the non-English oh. translations mm. um, in subtitles. I think they're all Spanish uh, because it's all Nestor and Yaya. Yeah, I, I believe uh, I did see the translation like after Miguel's victory. um um, in episode 10, I think she said something like, you swept the floor with him or something? Or, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, didn't him, know that. She called him Chancho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught that too. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was sweet. Um, um, but we've also so- got, you know, Miguel in, in making his um, first dives into the 80s rock rabbit hole, as he calls right. it, starting to mm-hmm. uh, get really interested in the things that Johnny is interested in. Um, also, to kind of add to Daniel's character, uh, him kind of not trusting Kyler, but also not trusting Sam, that uh, he invites himself uh, as a chaperone to the dance. Right, right. And Dipstar points out in the chat, he would already be predisposed to not liking his daughter's boyfriend. Um, so that's a thing they can bond on. But I I didn't get any impression 
from Daniel at dinner before that, that he had any reason to do anything other than liked Kyler. Um, yeah. I think I, he really I, wanted to. You know, and this this might be, um, you know, me being Asian, right? And so is Kyler. I feel that maybe Daniel sees an Asian, um, you know, young man, and it just kind of reminds him of Miyagi a little bit, and then it just makes him a little bit comfortable, you know, making him think about, about his friend. I know they're different ethnicities, but um, I think it's just one of those things. Like, I feel... Okay, so my my manager, he's married to an Asian woman, and I feel he might treat me a little bit more different because I'm Asian, you know, that, that there's that connection there. If there is such a thing as a positive racial bias, we absolutely see that Daniel has one. Yeah, no, it's it's a thing. It exists. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he, he goes a little bit further farther than he should, you know, to the point that he just assumes that Kyler and his family, the same as Johnny did with calling with Miguel. Miguel immigrants and calling him Menudo. Daniel is making the same assumptions, but he's not being such a blatant asshole about it. But there still is a, not a bigotry, but a prejudice there. Uh, Daniel the racist. <laughs> But if there is such a thing as a positive connotation of that, um, (laughs) that is is Daniel. It's like he's um, I don't want to say he's woke, but he's trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to convince people otherwise. Um, One of my other uh, favorite, very subtle lines. And this this show does an incredible job of it is when um, Carmen talks about how they are going to make him a Deadpool outfit. And then, like, when Johnny sees it, he's like, you look like, uh, I'm forgetting the exact wording, but he calls him poor man. And yes. just, like, the, the smile that he gives because he's so proud of his own joke. Right. <laughs> uh, very amused by it. Um, so I do like that. And you know what? That poor man didn't look bad. You, you can put that in a Brightburn uh, sequel or something, and it can be pretty frightening, really. Um, but yeah, then we see the return of the iconic skeleton costume at the school dance. I do love that, you know, there was, a, there was another chance to play into the stereotypical, you know, the, the, the stereotype, right? That, uh, Hispanic women are all fantastic seamstresses and can work all these miracles and these fantastic costumes. No, the boy is literally walking around in bedsheets. <laughs> they're very well yeah. sewn, but they're still bedsheets. Right. What I love about Miggy in that scene is that he has no qualms whatsoever about putting that on. Right? He's right. like, it's my Halloween costume. My yaya made it. You yeah. know, what else am I going to wear? Exactly. He's a great kid. He really is. Um, Miguel is a great kid. Also, uh, during the... Um, we, we've talked about this previously, uh, about... Um, the, the other costumes, right? We got Dimitri wearing the Necromancer, but then Eli, I mean, was it with Gianni that we were talking about with, with this about? But yes, uh, e- yeah, Eli's wearing the, the you know the surgeon's outfit, and he's wearing the the surgical mask, and he's a lip surgeon. He fixes lips. Yes. So um, that's also one of my favorite bits of dialogue there. Yes. Uh, some other things that we get out of this one: um, 
if we needed any more support other than the traumatic flashback in the middle of Ventura Boulevard, that Daniel is not okay, Miguel walking by and triggering another one, Daniel is not okay um, with everything that happened to him when he was a kid. He's pretending and he's playing it off very well. But Daniel is not okay. No, he's not. Um, I think it was Melissa that was talking about how, you know, uh, why was Johnny handing out flyers to like old people saying, you know, it's not too late to learn to kick ass when, you know, he was saying to Stingray Raymond, you know, that he was too old in the in the next season. Um, you know, it's just it was just meant to be funny. Right. You know, and that he's, plus he's just trying to get anybody point, at that point. At, at this point, he's yeah, he's looking for he's any nobody. students he can get. Right. Um, and what he said to um, what he said to Raymond in that scene about parents can't stay for practice. It's an insurance thing. That is 100 percent true. Um, at least from a wrestling perspective, having been a wrestling mom, we had to sign all kinds of waivers to be present mm-hmm. for practice mm-hmm. um, because insurance didn't want us there. Like if the kids are, you know, the the coaches are responsible for the kids, then they don't want the parents there because then, you know, the water gets really, really muddy. Uh, Chad pointing out that Miguel did go. And yes, I noticed he goes to wash his hands. He goes to the restroom, doesn't take his gloves off, goes to wash his hands, doesn't take his gloves, doesn't take his gloves off. The skeleton costume also (laughs) doesn't have a fly. So right. I'm not entirely sure what Miguel is doing at that urinal, but we just don't question it too closely. Right. It's just one of those things that you weren't really supposed to be paying attention that he has no zipper. <laughs> right. Um, and then John Wells, Johnny finding Miguel, realizing he failed as a sensei. Um, yeah. I mean, and with the fantastic, the first time we were exposed to um, Kari Kimmel's phenomenal voice with black yeah. Playing mm-hmm. over that that scene, uh, I can't believe we. I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, Lynn's you know line about showing the bits and uh, wanting meth and burrito. You know. Oh yes, that's excellent. Getting about money or you could do anything with it. This is a fantastic Lynn episode. Yeah, all around. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, episode four. Episode four. So we <clears throat> end episode three with Miguel. Um, Beat a up. bloody pile of mess on the. Uh, it's a heartbreaking floor. scene too. I mean, I, I, Brianna, I think you mentioned <laughs> recently, like when he was thrown up against the fence. It's very, uh, it parallels when Daniel was kicked up against the fence. Yes. Um, in the first movie, and then he gets dragged as he's like holding on to part of the Which part of the is gate. Johnny pulling Daniel down off the fence when he's so close to escape. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do a fantastic job with not just you know mirroring the movies, but doing it in a way that makes them different. Because whereas in the movie the skeletons were the aggressors. Um, with the kid up against the fence here, the skeleton is the one up against the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they just do a fantastic, if you were to ask the question at this point between episode three and episode four, um, ask the question who in Cobra Kai is the new karate kid. It is Miguel. Right. Um, 
as much as, you know, Robbie plays into the story later on, um, and as much as Daniel wants to become Mr. Miyagi later on, um, right now, Johnny is Mr. Miyagi and Miguel is Daniel. I agree. And that's very clear. Um, episode four opens up with a uh, um, Johnny having drinking, I think at that time, four cans of uh, banquets. And he sees a, a graffiti artist and asks to switch cans. Um, I, he's got to be on his second six pack at that point, the way he's stumbling. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Because he gives Didn't the kid about four, that. I think. So, because when he says, well, you want to trade cans, I think he holds up four still hanging. But there's no way he's only had two. I think there was two left because I was trying to grab like a good shot of it and i think there's still two dangling there okay so if you think that's his second then he's had 10 by that point okay right? we'll, we'll look at it six. we'll look at it when we get back around to it yeah 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 um but yeah the, but but also that is also being uh, spliced in with uh uh him bringing a beat up miguel back to carmen yes. and she's you know saying do not uh come around us anymore um, and I don't him know if, carrying Miguel into the apartment is very much Mr. Miyagi carrying Daniel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Into the Absolutely. workshop. It is. And there's one point where um, Miguel sits up in the couch and he's, you know, kind of crying for Johnny to come back to not leave. I don't know if anyone else got this, but I kind of got like a Big Daddy vibe. You know, uh, did you ever see that one with Adam Sandler? I have, but not yeah. really enough to know what you were talking about. Okay, so he had to leave the kid, and the kid's like, no, don't go. I know how to wipe my own ass, you know, like because that's something Adam Sandler taught him, how to wipe his own ass, or <laughs> it oh, was like okay. a, a call back to a line. And so it was kind of like that. Miguel's like, no, please don't go. So it, it's it's sad. But both episodes, or both sequences were sad, obviously, in Big Daddy, him calling back to the wipe my own ass line made it comical, but it was right. still sad nonetheless. Right, right. And here you have Miguel screaming out in desperation, Cobra Kai never dies as Carmen slams the door. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel for her, too. Uh, Carrie says that there were two beers left, and Johnny has had way more than four. So Yep, Dipstars agree, agrees with that. Um, and we also have um, Robbie running the first scam. Um, actually, I think the only scam that we really see them run with right. Trey and Cruz. Trey of the magical mustache or Cruz of the magical <laughs> mustache. Sorry. Right. 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 Um, I don't even know so, why I did that. Yeah. Uh, what? Calling it the magical mustache? No. Calling Cruz Trey for some bizarre oh. reason. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear a fun fact about? No. Uh, so I found out a fun fact in my interview. Should I just wait? Yes. Or do you want to hear it? Okay. No, wait. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there's a tea oh, for you there guys is, there's there. There's two beer. He's he, yep. He's hanging, holding two beers by ah, the by the uh, by the plastic there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the um, simple days of dicks on billboards begins. Uh, I thought it was a rocket ship. Well, you know. <laughs> See, looks like a rocket ship to me. Um, who was it that was somebody was talking about that the other day and they were like, well, the problem, it was Daniel's fault because whoever designed that, um, whoever designed that billboard left entirely too much white space. I don't think Daniel designed it. I mean, the, he had the, uh, the two ladies there work on the commercial. I'm sure there was some other 
company that uh, did the billboard for them. Right. I, actually, I think it may have been a conversation on Twitter that um, I think Kira, it was, you know, that that billboard was uh, begging for a dick. Yeah. Amy and Amy and <laughs> Carrie are both saying that, yeah, there's there's too much too much blank space um, and that that was on Twitter. Yes. Um, yeah. And it, it, it took off, you know, being fangirls and discussing dicks and things like that. It took off on a whole other tangent that we won't even get into. But um, <laughs> go find it on Twitter. Yes. If you're interested, you can find it on Twitter. And we're pretty active, too, you guys. So for those that are in the chat here and, um, you know, are on Twitter but don't follow us, we, we are pretty active on Twitter. I, I would say we're more active on Twitter than even the group and Instagram. Would you um, agree? I we definitely be. am because it's easier for me to spare 15, 20 seconds, whatever, to drop in and say something on Twitter uh, while I'm at work than it is to, you know, get Facebook to cooperate, which it never seems to want to do. And I still don't get Instagram. So, yeah, uh, for, for me, I mean, obviously, I see the notifications when somebody adds me so I can like uh, I retweet, um, you know, people that I follow. Uh, I, I wish that my smartwatch, you know, would freaking reply on Twitter uh, by dictating, but it doesn't do that yet. Oh, gee. First world problems. <laughs> I have once done an episode of Top 5 First World Problems, uh, one of which was uh, falling asleep without your phone being charged. <laughs> oh, I hate that, though, because my yeah. phone is my alarm clock. So if I fall asleep without oh, being man. charged, I'm just screwed. All right. Uh, what else we got in the episode four? Um, uh, well, we're already past it, but you picked just about the perfect frame of Daniel kicking Tom Cole. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm not going to say how many times it took me to get the right frame. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm telling you, it probably took me way. And and um, also the problem is inside baseball here. Some scenes I'm just like, let me just watch this a little bit. <laughs> right, I see. I, I, I ran into that too, especially when I got up into like molting and different, but same. Where I have so much love for so many of these scenes, um, and I would I found myself getting sucked into and wanting to watch the episodes again, and it's like. No, Bree, we literally have an hour and a half. We do not have 10 hours for you to do this. Stop it. Um, yeah, I, I was finding myself like, you know what? I am screen capturing too much Sam. So I, I had to delete some and get like some other characters too. Oh, I didn't have that problem. Go figure. I was grabbing too much Daniel. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how that happened. And then it's like, you know, what? I know there are other happened. people on this show. So I should probably go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike P saying that. other uh, people. Mike P saying that I need to get a smartphone, but sir, you can't have a smartwatch without a smartphone. And well, I guess unless you pay for the smartwatch with the the data or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, they have to pay. No, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, also, in, in in this episode, um, obviously, uh, you know, we we talked about the the dick on the billboard, but um, you know, we we get a little, uh, I guess, glimpse of kind of how hot-headed another Lou Russo is with Louis, right? You know, the way he kind of comes. At, uh, at it with the oh. the reveal of the flyer towards the end of the episode. You know, I was like, hey, man, this guy's talking about our name and we need to retaliate. All these, you know, this thug talk. Louis a thug. Right. And, <laughs> and, and not just that. I mean, back to the whole Daniel is not OK thing. Um, right. I, I, I don't know if he hides it well enough that no one around him knows just how not OK he is. But Louis is like almost purposely choosing words that he knows are going to set Daniel off. 
Right. Um, Family know each other. You know, we we all know each other's buttons. Right. So it like okay if 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 Daniel is a perfectly calm, sedate hornet's nest ninety nine percent of his life, right? Louis just walked up to him with a giant stick and started beating him in the head. Yeah. Uh, one of my screen captures was uh, immediately, again, one of my favorite lines in the, the entire first season. What is that on your face? It's some mustache. Right? Yeah. It's a, it's a mustache. <laughs> like, what, why? Does it not look like one? Like, you know, that, that's, that's my headcanon there is what Cruz is thinking. Um, I really do hope that uh, Jake Cap can um, do us, uh, give us one of those videos of, like, Cruz looking in the mirror and staring at that mustache and shaving it off. <laughs> right, yeah, doing the, he has to grow it back first, but, you know, he, right, he, he did that shave it recently. that he was, that he, that he needed it gone for. Um, now we have a discussion of boba. What is a boba? I, I know. The, it's Taiwanese, okay, um, it's Taiwanese and it's milk tea. Yeah, that's what uh, Carrie says. Yeah, it's very delicious and you just got to know what to order. Uh, matter of fact, I had one with a Thai iced tea boba with uh, lychee jelly. You do not have to get the tapioca balls. People often think that that's all you can get, but you can get uh, different type of flavored jellies, mango, um, coconut, so all types of jellies. You just got to find the right combination is basically what makes a good boba. You can get a coffee boba with tapioca or something. Never had one in my life. Our local coffee, coffee jelly. shop does not sell them, and they don't sound the least bit interesting to me. I mean, they honestly sound disgusting. You guys got to go find, get that Asian friend and have them take you to the boba place and ha- help the, have them help you order a good flavor. All of my Asian friends live on the West Coast. <laughs> Literally well, every single one of you. How the Video hell are you supposed me. to take me to get to get tea? You, you, okay, you know what? We, we'll talk about this offline. I'll find a place near you, and then you video chat me, and I'll, I'll help you order. Okay. You and All William right. and Pialani get together and decide <laughs> what I'm going to yes. have, okay? I like that. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, when we have uh, John Wells saying, Louis is the blasting cap that sets Daniel off. I actually like that. Mm-hmm. Daniel is like uh, sweaty dynamite. He's perfectly fine as long as you don't, <clears throat> you know, attach the blasting cap. But as soon as you do, um, yeah. And I think Louie fits that description pretty well. You know, I think a lot of the kids own a denim jacket. Uh, Cruz is wearing one in this scene, which I just I, I never really noticed before. But I know out in one episode, um, Robbie is wearing one. Sam has one. I'm trying to think if Miguel has one, but a lot, a lot of them had denim jackets. That's pretty cool. My my oldest son, 20 years old, wears denim. Yeah, it was very much an 80s thing. Right. Yeah, my, my son is uh, kind of vintage that way. Yeah, I would I would very much like – I mean, Johnny's got one. I would very much like to see Daniel wear one. But then again, I would very much like to see Daniel wear anything other than business casual. Uh, you'll have to wait till season two. Right, right. <clears throat> At which point he just starts dressing in sweats. Like, seriously, uh, Miguel, is there nowhere in the middle here, Daniel? Um, in, and his hair is still one, perfect, so it doesn't count. Yes, it is. Uh, he's got that good hair. Now, in, in one sequence here, uh, shout out to probably Minute Maid. We we don't see, you know, the, uh, the, the 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 orange juice box or anything like that. But Miguel is holding a glass of orange juice. So right. I know. I mean, I know it's a common thing, but you know, when you're talking about the Karate Kid and the legacy of it, it's hard not to. Um, uh, to dismiss it. Right. All right. So an hour in and we are finally halfway through the season. 
All right. Uh, Mikey G, yes, denim is cool again. Yes. It's definitely been cool again. Uh, uh, I, I was about to say at least in the last couple of years, but that's when Cobra Kai dropped. My son's been wearing a denim jacket for, for a few years now, ever since high school. Uh, Dipstar says Daniel's fashion is too dad now. Um, at least he has a fashion now. Yeah, he's also a dad. Right. I, I still would love to see him in camo and plaid just one more time. Though. <laughs> All right, so on to counterbalance. Um, we have a lot fantastic of fantastic episode. Fantastic, yeah, amazing things happening. Uh, we've got a passage of time which they marked so fantastically um, in the um, training montage at the beginning. Because it takes us all the way from, you know, a couple of days after Halloween to, obviously, some point after Christmas. Right. Um, because we've got decorations coming up and going down. That's what I was about to say. Um, I, I actually, you know, as tedious as it was uh, doing the screen grabs, you notice so many more things uh, in the background. But maybe I just don't... Um, Rewatch these episodes enough and pay attention to the other things, but I did. I did notice that at one point when Johnny went to go um, to the Diaz's house, I think it was right when he spoke with Carmen about giving him a second chance. You notice that they have Halloween decorations on their door. Yes. Yes, and then when during the during the training montage, they have what you know looks like at least could pass for um, some Thanksgiving stuff sitting around at one point, and then they definitely have. Um, Christmas decorations in one of the scenes where Miguel's doing push-ups in the kitchen. Right. Um, also, this episode, uh, shout out to Counterbalance Entertainment. Yes, this is where they got their name from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it works perfectly. This also, um, it, uh, Counterbalance I, I you to take over real to quick. as the Daniel is a douche episode. I need you to take over real quick, okay? Okay. Uh, so this is the Daniel is a, a massive mega douche um, episode. This is where he lays the groundwork of his plot uh, with um, Zarkarian, uh, making him think that he wants to buy the strip mall uh, just so he can either raise the rent himself, which I guess I'm, I, that's what I've always assumed the goal was um, if Zarkarian had sold it to him. I think he would have raised the rent himself, um, and then when he couldn't get it to get him to sell, um, just uh, backed him into a corner and talked him into, convinced him to raise the rent. Um, yes, Carrie Daniel is awful, and Mikey. Yes, it was very messed up. There's, and I've never made any apologies for Daniel's behavior in this episode because it's. Com- I mean, I understand where he's coming from. I understand what he's trying to do. Um, but he was, he was out of line. Um, the object of his hatred is Cobra Kai, not Johnny. And in this episode, he kind of forgets that. Um, Mikey bringing up the everybody does it. Yes, Armand Zarkarian swears everyone pees in the shower. Um... (laughs) Yes, you were on mute. Okay, now you're all right. Back. You're back. Okay, okay, uh, good, good. Yeah, the, the kids called me, if anybody was wondering. That's, uh, that's all that was. But we were just discussing, let's see, we went through what a raging mega dick uh, Daniel was and that I don't excuse his behavior. And now we're talking about Armand's assertion that everyone pees in the shower. 
Yes, and yeah, I caught that part where you said uh, everyone does it. Oh, um, I need hold on a sec again. Sorry. Okay. All right. So Peter has been remuted. Um, I still do not believe that everyone pees in the shower. I don't think I've peed in the shower maybe since I was an infant. Um, definitely not done it on purpose, and absolutely one hundred percent not done it anywhere that anyone else is potentially showering. That's just. And, and Daniel just plays right along with it. It's the whole reason we wear flip-flops. Um, no. No. Flip-flops are to prevent athletes' foot. Not stepping in other people's pee. It's just... Bleh. Um. Yeah, never never in public. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even pee in my own shower. I'm definitely not going to do it in a country club shower. Um, this, obviously... Um, would be one of the episodes where I realized I was taking far too many... Uh, screen caps of Daniel, but okay. Uh, and here is Peter again. Um, yep, the kid was shading me for for podcasting. Oh no! <laughs> oh, it's um, there are there is some good. It, it's not all Daniel being a dick. There is some positive growth and some positive character development toward the end. Uh, this would be the first episode that made me cry. Uh, at what point? Uh, Daniel walking up the hill. And me realizing that he was at the cemetery. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, it's a very emotional uh, moment. And uh, fun fact for those that did not know, um, obviously, Mr. Miyagi, they uh, had written in that he passed away later than uh, Pat Morita did. So that way he had been around the LaRussos uh, for some time before his passing. So he got to be you know, around Amanda, um, um Sam at a really young age, and obviously Anthony was very, very young. Yes, Anthony would have been um, two or three uh, when Mr. Miyagi passed. I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, Sam says that she was training with Daniel until she was eight. They keep talking about eight years ago and until she was eight. Mr. Miyagi passed when Sam was eight. Um, Yeah. I don't think that the end of her training coinciding with his passing is a coincidence. I think we're going to find out that there's, or maybe we're just meant to assume that, you know, that is why Daniel stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, he just couldn't keep it going without him. Um, Mikey G mentions how, um, uh, I'm assuming he's talking about the cemetery scene that it was be- beautifully shot. Uh, this episode and the next was directed by Josh Heald. And I, I believe he talks about, how everything just kind of went right on that day at the cemetery with like the leaves falling and all of that. Yes, it's beautiful. And um, I don't remember, did they, did they, did they script Daniel standing up and bowing or did Ralph just say, Hey, I'm going to do this. I can't remember. You know what? I don't remember. We need to find out. Cause I yeah, can't yeah. remember that one. Um, I could see that going either way because they, they dig so deep into the movies that would be the perfect place to put the call back to him bowing to Mr. Miyagi um, in his bedroom. But I could also see Ralph being the one to say Daniel would do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And I'm, I'm not sure you touched on it uh, when I was muted, but uh, obviously the, the, the point where Daniel picks up the tab for, for Johnny um, that sequence right there, that's probably my lowest point for him, for Daniel. Oh, yeah. Mine, too. Yeah. I still love yep. him. I love him through the whole thing because when you when you love a character, um, when you're a fan of a character, you love them good, bad, indifferent, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
if it's the um oh like the meme i saw on twitter today had a picture of eli you know covering his lip and and crying and then the hawk is shaking the wings um and it was if you didn't love me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best well oh i love those yeah yeah if you if you don't still love daniel larusso when he's being a giant douchebag to johnny at nestor's then you don't deserve him 20 minutes later when he puts the headband on yeah 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 because both Um, of those are him right right exactly i I started seeing those memes uh with uh the basketball players first um, so I, I don't know where it started, but I, I, I like those. Um, also in this scene, uh, one of the very first uh, school fights that uh, really excited me. Yes, yes, the first school fight. Um, well, no, I show. guess you would. Yep. I guess you would say the locker room from the yeah, dance because that technically that, took place at was, the school. Yeah, but that was a jumping. Like this, this was actually like Miguel holding his own, you know, against some other guys. Cat walking on my keyboard now too. I don't even know when he got in here. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, and you know what else we have in this episode? Um we've got the the explosion, the growth of the the dojo, um the end of Sam and Kyler's relationship. Again, it's another really dense episode. Um right. that doesn't feel like one. Do do we even um on the previous episode did we talk about how um, Kyler tried to put the moves on Sam, you know, the hand on the leg thing. At the movies? Yeah, the movies. That's in this one. Is that this one? Mm-hmm. Was this episode five? I thought that was four because I, I thought I captured the point where she, um, you know, put some karate moves on him to protect herself. And Oh, that off. was, okay, you're right. That was the end of that one. Yeah, this yeah. is the fallout from it. This is where he's mm-hmm. spreading the rumors about her. Um, right. no, we didn't. We didn't talk about the movie theater. Um, but it, it's again, it, these are very dense episodes and we're trying to get through them as quickly as possible. We said we were going to get through all 10 in an hour and a half. I know we're almost there. We're eight minutes shy of an hour and a half and we're still on episode five. So. All right. Let's um, let's let's get going. Yeah, let's get going. So Daniel is a dick and then he puts on the headband and he's not. And he's Daniel again. Um, Miguel kicks Kyler's ass in the cafeteria and suddenly. Great scene. Cobra Kai has 20,000 um, <laughs> kids standing in, in front of the front door waiting to get in. And in case there was any doubt whatsoever that Johnny and Daniel are meant to be seen as two sides of the different coin, uh, or, or two sides of the same coin, rather, um, we have the shot of Johnny unlocking his dojo door and then from the inside, Daniel opening his. Mm-hmm. And there are, you will see a lot of this moving forward. Um, from here on out where Johnny will start a motion in his scene and Daniel will finish it or vice versa. Right. Um, or where they're saying the same things to different people um, uh, or where they're mimicking each other's actions. Um, like, you know, Daniel walking away from Johnny and Escaletto becomes Johnny walking away from Daniel and different but same. And this is where they really, really start you know, driving that these two are way more alike than definitely they realize, mm-hmm. um, but probably way more alike than we do too. Uh, I forgot to mention Ken Davidian, who plays um, Zarkarian here. We also interviewed him. Uh, great episode, nice guy. Uh, so on to episode six. And uh, baby Quiver. Johnny, baby Johnny. Yep, 
Baby Johnny. Um, again, we just uh, spoke with the writers, Joe and uh, Luan, uh, recently, and they talked about this episode. Well, they talked about all their episodes, including this one of yes. season one. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is uh, another one, you know, is setting up more of Johnny's backstory um, where you see just how awful his life was. Um, at least, you know, the the surface of it. Here's this this one memory of this terrible thing. He's so excited and his mom is so supportive and it's obvious that Laura adored her son. Um, but she was putting herself through so much with Sid just to get Johnny into what she felt was a better situation. We still don't know anything about Johnny's father, uh, who he is, where he is, what happened, um, you know, why Laura had to marry, felt that she had to marry Sid. Um, But we do know that it did not work out nearly the way she intended. Right. Um, and, you know, kind of that setup from episode four in this one, we see Cruz without his mustache. Yes. So it's not pointed out, but you, if you paid attention, you'd notice that he had shaven his mustache after Johnny's comment. Yes. Yes. And at the end of, at the end of counterbalance, we did have Robbie putting his, um, plot into motion, uh, to get revenge on Johnny by going to work for Daniel. Um, Oh, maybe it was Dan then. Was that the previous? No, this is this is oh. where this is where Trey and Cruz because he just got hired at the end of Counterbalance. Okay, right, right. This this is the the door knocking. That sounds like the drums. Right. Yeah. Just, that's <laughs> in this one. Um, and Robbie doesn't care about either of these men at this point. Um, he wants to strike back at Johnny very badly for walking out on him and for starting this new relationship that he has seen him forming with Miguel because. That also happened in uh, Counterbalance, where Robbie was going to actually go potentially move back in with Johnny, uh, because Johnny had mentioned it to Shannon, who we also didn't talk about in the last episode, um, and sees him hugging someone else. Uh, so he's he's hurt, and he's striking out, and he doesn't give two shits about Daniel LaRusso at this point. Uh, he just wants to hurt Johnny. So, uh, Carrie's saying she wonders if Laura had aspirations of being an actress. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how she met Sid. Right. That would, that would make sense. Um, I don't really see Laura being, you know, in the mid '60s, I don't see Laura being what Shannon is now. Um, but I definitely see the parallels between Laura and Shannon. Uh, right. It's just that Laura succeeded, I guess you would say, um, in finding someone that she thought would be an acceptable replacement for Johnny's father, and Shannon hasn't found anyone yet. This is true. Yeah. Uh, This episode, we also get, you know, the um, hilarious uh, sequences of Johnny going up and down the ranks of his students and or uh, potential students and kind of calling them different names. Yes. Giving them all nicknames. Um, Let's see. We have um, tits and slingshot and nose ring and lip and virgin. Yeah. Oh, God, who else? It's like none of them. 
uh, like in my head, I, I, it, it, because I needed this for a story I was writing. Uh, in my head, Johnny calls Kev Shaggy mm, uh, yeah. because of his hair and how tall and skinny he is. Uh, yes, Dipstar, this is the Get Off at Pronto episode. Um, yep, yep. About halfway Spectrum. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite lines as well. And we learned from Joe that that was Hayden's line. Yes. Yes, and there was one that he he kind of wished that uh, he had thought of it <laughs> because it was it was purely brilliant. They this is the uh, hooker talk conversation between Dimitri and Miguel, um, which was theirs, which is a fantastic conversation. That's actually that is probably one of my favorite conversations and always has been in the entire thing because just you know who lives like that hookers and just immediately everyone in the room that was watching this episode started laughing mm-hmm it's a great line it's a great line and it's delivered so Gianni's delivery is just like deadpan like you could definitely hear these words coming out of this kid's mouth right you know yeah Gianni has great comedic uh timing and we've done so many things with him um Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Juan pointing <laughs> out. Juan pointed out. Notice how Johnny never calls Daniel by his first name. Yes, we know. Right. We've been waiting 34 years to hear Johnny say the D word. We get very excited at the possibility to the point that there is now a fan cam perpetual loop account of the video game Johnny saying Daniel's name. But that's a completely different, you know, topic. Just because he does it in the video game. And if he right. doesn't do it on the show, I'm going to be very upset. Um, and Mike pointing months. out, this is where we learned that Anthony was conceived on a karate mat. Yes, this is where we learned that Daniel and Amanda have done it in the dojo. Dead silence. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I'm also <laughs> I'm also replying. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting text messages from the wife is why. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, are, yeah. are you needing to go for a while? Um. No, I, I, I say we just try to knock out these last few episodes. I know it's it sucks because we're like, uh, we're just getting to. They're all great episodes, but I, I'd hate to kind of, kind of half-ass the last few. Right. But yeah, I just uh, I think we just um, just try to try to get through it a little bit quicker. Okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah. we're plowing through. Enter the hawk. There we go. Um, if you could sum up uh, Quiver in one episode. Or in, in, in one line, sum up the entire episode in one line. That's it. It is Enter the Hawk. Yeah, right. We get the introduction of him, uh, which Johnny gives him that name. And I wanted to end uh, the, the the image there with that smirk that yes. everyone loves. Oh, the jerk smirk. Wonderful. All right. And then on to All Valley, starting with the fantastically placed music from the original movie, Daniel Sees the Bird. Um, which is back to Robbie training the way that Daniel did. I do have to say Robbie in this scene um, accuses Daniel of having him just do his shitty chores. No, Robbie, you're getting paid. You work for the man. So he's not just doing his shitty shitty chores. He's doing his actual job. Um, He's not free labor. He's being paid and most likely very well since he works at a Porsche dealership. Yeah, and this is just kind of like, um, you know, from from the movie with Daniel doing all the chores, thinking that he's not actually learning karate either. Right, and the God, I love this part. Which, yeah. who you're doesn't? Too much, 
Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think you're having too much fun with this or yes. what Amanda says. Yeah. Yes. I think you're having a bit too much fun with this. And Daniel is the audience in that moment when he turns and looks, you know, after Robbie and the God, I love this part. And then Robbie's big whoa moment. Um, you know, they're in the in the dojo, which is Daniel from the garden with Mr. Miyagi, realizing that there was a point to all of this. Um, and then we also have the um, Miguel wanting, obviously, to ask Sam out and, you know, looking to Johnny for advice on this. Um, I, I do like that exchange um, because, you know, it, Johnny just offhandedly says, no, you're a Cobra Kai. There is no no. And Miguel is like, I'm pretty sure no means no. And then Johnny goes, well, yeah, if things are getting physical, no means. And that that's just like an exchange that made me very happy to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not necessarily an exchange that you would think would take place on TV. And there it is. And it's an important exchange. But it wasn't given like this huge depth of gravity or anything. Just that here's an important conversation that these two need to have as a father's figure and a son. And they had it and, you know, they go on. So that sets up the the dating situation with Sam and Miguel. Uh, takes us to golf and stuff. Golf and stuff. And we see the mirror uh, dating, right, of Daniel and uh, Allie from the first movie uh, with also Young Hearts. Did you have a problem that that was kind of, you know, just it, it was like a remake that that scene that date? No, I was bouncing up and down on the couch. I loved every second of it. Yeah, uh, my first impression was, oh, why are they doing this exactly like the movie? So I think in my initial review of it, I was just like, oh, okay, everything's kind of been on their own, and at this point, they're kind of redoing certain scenes. Um, it was just kind of weird because, like, I didn't really see that with a lot of the other things from the previous episodes. We've talked about like some of the similarities and things like that, but this one was like identical, right, to the to the date. Yeah, and I I think if they're going to beat for beat match any scene um, from the movies, that is one that is memorable enough that everyone's going to realize they're doing it, but it's not so vital to the plot that both the show and the movie hinge on it. Mm-hmm. So I think that was probably just about the perfect balance of um, nostalgia and new content blended together there. I, I thought that was that was probably the best scene they could have picked to okay. recreate as closely as they did. I would agree. And obviously there's another one coming up uh, in a later episode here. Um, the All Valley Board, uh, also one of my favorite moments. We get the introduction of uh, Sue, George, Ron, and Daryl. I was right? going to say, uh, don't yeah. forget Daryl. <laughs> I know, we just interviewed him. So, yeah, three of those, uh, excluding George, we have interviews with as well. Um, this is where we find out that, from Johnny's perspective, Crease has died. Right. As far as Johnny knows at this point, and we have no reason to doubt any we have absolutely no reason to doubt that Johnny actually believes Crease is dead. Um and this is where we start getting our first hints of, you know, them calling back into that the Karate Kid Part three is actually going to play into the plot of the show. Because they're talking about Terry. They're talking about Mike. 
um, Terry and Mike and Kreese are the reason Cobra Kai is banned from the All-Valley Tournament. A lot of people like to try to blame Daniel for that. Daniel was 16 or 17 years old when that happened. He had nothing to do with it. Um, he was the victim that they were banned for victimizing, but he had nothing to do with the actual ban itself. He was just trying to keep it in place, um, probably because he doesn't believe you know, that, that right. Reese is dead or that Terry is not involved. Um, so he's still trying. His head is in the right, like his, his heart's in the right place, but his head's in the wrong one. He's trying to protect children from Cobra Kai, but in the end, he ends up protecting them from Johnny, which he doesn't need to do. And then he can't do it anyway because they get let back in. So. Mm -hmm. Um. And some of our favorite people, there's, you know, Chairman Ron, Matt Lewis, uh, sitting there. Um, right. The, the big friend of the show, like anytime we need him for anything, he is there. I adore that man. Um, could talk to him all day long. Um, uh, Kara Ann Marie and then Keith Arthur Bolton um, playing Daryl there on the end. I love all of them. Um, and all of them were in the Atlanta content creators video. That, uh, yes, it is. That was just dropped before the season, um, the season's debuted on Netflix. Right. Um, we get the drop names of Terry Silver and Mike Barnes for, you know, talking about the the lifetime band. Um, he gets reinstated after a really good monologue. Yes. And then we get the absolutely fantastic "Who's the Man" scene. Um, uh, with the the kick where Billy unfortunately pulled his groin because he didn't warm up enough for it, um, uh, badass name Wild Man Beyond pointing out badass name for a dojo best line. Um, that is definitely Daryl's best line, one of the most memorable lines um, of the entire season. Um, that that's a badass name for a dojo. Uh, so this is where we end it. Daniel is. Very upset. And one of these days I'm going to figure out what Daniel is screaming as he comes down that hallway behind that door. Because you can hear him yelling, but you can't really understand what he says. Um, and I've got to find a way to keep jacking the volume up on that so I can figure out what he's saying. Because he's not mm. happy. Right. So they're both the man and Johnny gives uh, Miguel a drink. To yes. End the episode. To put hair on his balls. That's right. It's totally a thing. Right. And then we go to the single most beautifully shot episode of the entire season. In my opinion, cinematically, this is the pinnacle of the season. Even the junkyard shots are freaking gorgeous. They're really good. And uh, on set, all the kids enjoyed this, uh, this moment to vandalize vehicles. <laughs> Right. I mean, who's not going to appreciate the opportunity to do this, right? And to 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 throw uh, what do they they throw a, a a tailgate through a windshield from three stories up? Mm -hmm. um, and this is, of course, the the you know, are you losers? Are you nerds? Are you sure? Um, which their answer to all three is no. Right. <laughs> Which makes Johnny do. Um, I would say that Johnny's two signature moves throughout season one are the cap flip 
and face palming as hard as he possibly can himself right in the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. He punches himself in the eyeballs no less than three times in season one. Um, and it's hilarious every single time he does it. We also see Lucille LaRusso come back. Uh, we get a, a bit of a, a deeper look at the LaRusso family dynamics. Um, here is this family that on the surface has it all right. Um, and they are literally at each other's throats over the hot dogs and hamburgers in the backyard. Um, so, uh, again, and this is, you know, Johnny also has the line here that, you know, as you bounce back and forth between this very contentious dinner at the LaRusso's and this very calm and friendly, um, and happy dinner, at the Diaz's um, and Johnny says, well, just because you live in a nice house doesn't mean nice things are going on inside while you have Daniel's wife and mother um, literally, you know, taking swipes at each other um, and screaming bloody murder and fighting with each other, uh, which apparently is a very common thing. Yes, it is um, for the two of them. And then Robbie meeting Sam for the first time. Um, and the second, you know, gorgeousness, I guess she would say, uh, which is going to be Robbie and Daniel up on the mountain training. Yeah. Beautiful shot. Um, you just great framing of everything. Um, really like this episode a lot too. I don't think this one gets talked about enough. No, I don't either. I, I think molding is I mean because it it does so much setup of what's to come, especially the last five minutes. Um, it, it's kind of looked at, maybe not necessarily as a filler episode. It can't be a filler episode because there is way too much um, that happens. I mean, there's not a single episode of this show that would ever be considered a filler episode. Mm-hmm. Every right. single episode has plot and moves the story forward. Yeah, you can't skip any of these. No. You're going to miss something. Exactly. I mean, um, we talk about callbacks and setup. Uh, we we missed a part where we see uh, a dog chasing after a hawk, but it cuts before anything happens. I think it's in the next episode we see that his wrist or his arm is like wrapped up. It's in this one. It's when they go oh, to the movies. Oh, is it this one? Okay. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I was movies. I didn't know it was the same episode. Okay. Um, because and And Miguel mentions it before that. Uh, when he's talking to Sam, he's like, you could ask anyone, ask Aisha, ask Hawk. No, you can't ask him. He's at the emergency room getting a rabies shot. Yeah, there you go. So it gets mentioned, you know, a few times. And, you know, this is the the quintessential fuck Louie episode. Uh, yeah, here we go. I adore Brett Ernst. Think the man is hilarious. Fuck Louie LaRusso. <laughs> Interview with him, too. Uh, very... Uh, he's a very nice guy. He's definitely not like his character. Right, right. Um, and uh, uh, we've got Darren in the chat pointing out it doesn't matter what Johnny says in his story. He still hit Daniel first. He left that out. Yes, he leaves that out. I, I think that we are meant to take that at face value, right? That this is what Johnny honestly remembers. Maybe it started out when he was 18, 19 years old that he just wanted to forget about all the awful things he had done to Daniel. And now we get to the point where he's 51, 52, and he really doesn't remember 
it's not that he's actively denying he did those things. It's just that he's been denying them for so many decades that he honestly doesn't remember that he did it. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't remember Daniel's justification for the water hose in the bathroom. Right. I mean, it's been so many years. These guys kind of remember things differently. At some point, they probably convinced themselves, you know, this is how it happened or whatever. Because also in this episode, we find out that Anthony was told that Daniel was pushed off a cliff. Right, which it was a very, very rocky hill. And it was, it was very steep and he could have died, but it's not a cliff. It's still a hill. It's not a cliff, but perhaps Daniel mistook it for the cliff in part three. You know, maybe that's what it was, too. He was just kind of combining all the Cobra, uh, you know, situations with um, Right, with where that, he really. was threatened with being thrown off a cliff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, I feel very badly. Uh, we're back to the scene in the backyard again. I feel very badly for Daniel through this whole inter- you know, interaction with his family. Because he's doing everything he can to head everyone off, right? He's trying to get Louis to shut up. He's trying to get Amanda to back off. He's trying to get his mom to stop because he can see what's coming. And it all explodes. And at the end, he just puts his head down in his hand and holds his other hand up and goes, don't talk to me. Like, And it, it's, it's like to Louis. But at the same time, I can really feel him saying that to literally everyone at that table. Yeah. His mother, his wife, his children, his cousin. Don't talk to me right now because I tried to stop you people from doing this and none of you would listen to me. That's right. So, um, and then we have Miguel going for his alpha move. He's going to show up. He's going to introduce himself to Daniel. And victim of cosmic coincidence and horrible timing. Yeah, as as. It always happens in this universe. Yes. So he shows up to the house, but he hears voices in the backyard, walks around the house and sees that they're already having dinner. Mm-hmm. And he sees Robbie for the first time. Um, and I actually do like the cutscene, the the blooper, where, um, you know, Sholo is like, why are you hitting on my girlfriend? And then, you know, Tanner jumps up from the table. You're the kid that was hugging my dad. Um, because this is where their rivalry starts to be from both sides um but neither one is aware that the other one is aware that they exist which is an interesting dynamic to play with because they they don't know that the other one is aware of their existence until the next episode mm-hmm. um robbie has his issues and his reasons to hate miguel and miguel has his issues and his reasons to hate robbie but neither one of them is aware that the other one even knows they exist so um uh, yes, Melissa actually just talked about that. Um, all right. So and then from here, from the fuck Louie, we, 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 we say fuck you, Louie, because you set the Pontiac on fire. However, you also did send Johnny Lawrence running to Daniel LaRusso's house. And for that, we must be grateful in a weird sort of way, mm-hmm. I guess. So we can blame him for all of the bad things that happened because of him, but we also must be grateful to him for all of the almost wonderful things that we got. Well, for, for the fans. Right. But uh, obviously in, in their world, it was, it was still pretty bad. Louis doesn't, he's not a very good listener. No, no. I mean, it's obvious that the only person who even tries to keep Louis in line who has any success with it whatsoever is Amanda. Um, he will pretend to listen to Daniel, but he doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which is why he's still running around, you know, with Daniel's name in his mouth everywhere he goes uh, when he's obviously been told not to. Uh, so we get the setup and the almost fight that we didn't even realize we'd been waiting for until we almost got it. Little, little grabbing hands of each other there. Very exciting stuff. Anthony comes out, is excited by this. Oh, but, yeah. You know, Car- Anthony, um, Anthony, for all of his annoying 10 year old boy traits, um, adores his father and thinks that, uh, you know, the, the son just shines completely out Daniel's ass, that his dad can do no wrong. Right. Um, more orange juice in this uh, screen capture here at the at the table dinner yes, table. Yes, yes, and you know the the. Um, it is breakfast, though. It is breakfast. Lunch. Yeah. It's a nice breakfast. I don't I, I don't know whether Amanda cooked that breakfast or Daniel did, but it's a nice big breakfast. Could be plus mates. <laughs> um, I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't strike me as food delivery kind of people. And there is the angry salt shaker. Um. And almost as hilarious, probably more hilarious than Daniel's reaction to the angry salt shaker is Amanda's, which she's got her head tipped, like looking at him. And then she just kind of leans back like, what is he doing? Right. I mean, that's a lot of salt. It's a lot of salt. He's very angry with that salt shaker. Um, so, you, you know, um, kind of on upon rewatches of this particular episode and when they're at the park, I guess for a while, I always thought that it was like lunchtime uh, uh, during during school or recess or whatever. But I guess if you really pay attention to the kids, they're all cobras. So they're all just at the park, like kind of practicing on their own. Right, right. Um, this is if the dialogue is, you know, to be believed, which it has to be. I mean, it's the only thing we can uh, go by. This is the day before the tournament. So this is going to be a Saturday, most likely, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me wonder how many of these kids got completely trashed off their ass the night before and then show up and fight in a karate tournament on a Sunday morning. But only the Cobras. Right. But apparently they're, you know, pretty good at that uh, for a bunch of kids that don't appear to drink very often. But we've got the we've got the two. Um, plot lines, we've got the, the kids, um, I, I don't even know which you would say is A plot and which is B plot in this episode. Because They're pretty equal. They, you know, they balance those plots very, very well. They really do. Um, I suppose you can say, gosh, I don't know, the kids, because that's going to continue. Like this, um, the stuff that we're getting with Johnny and Daniel is kind of short-lived for now until season two again. Right, but if you look at audience investment, I would venture to say that more people are invested in what's going on with Johnny and Daniel, and the kids are kind of an afterthought until you get to the end of the episode and you realize that maybe there is no A-plot and B-plot. Maybe this is two arms of the same A-plot through the whole thing because they end up in the same place. I like that. I like that. Um (laughs) So let's see what else. Uh, this this is also the episode where I learned that, and I still don't have confirmation whether it's Amanda and Sam or Courtney and Mary that are left-handed. Right, but obviously, you know, both of one way or the other, both Amanda and Sam are left-handed. Right, uh, because we yeah, see the, that the at the dinner table. Are. We see that at the dinner table. We see that when they're writing. Yeah, but we never have asked. I mean, we we talked about that. 
but we never have asked. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the first introduction of what we um, know will become a romance between Moon and Hawk, which is very sweet. Um, at least at this point, is very sweet. Daniel and Johnny comparing childhoods and then reminiscing over Allie in a way that at the time I was like, how are they being so nice to each other when they're talking about her? But then again, neither of them ended up with her. So they're both kind of in the same boat in that situation. Right. They're both the exes talking about the one that got away. Right. Um, we get to talk about Facebook and the Schwarber being the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we see her husband's dumb face. Right. Which is a, a um, what they say, a uh, it's a composite of like four or five different people. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of which is one of the, the PAs. I think that sounds correct. Uh, I believe the, the, the name AD, I don't recall. The AD. Uh, but I do believe Billy has a picture with him. Yeah. Uh, some Somebody posted it. I do remember. I, John might have shared it, too, or something. Yeah. Um, so. Because they, they, they didn't know who was going to play him. They obviously had not cast him. They didn't know whether we were ever going to meet Gregory Schwarber. So they wanted someone that anyone could play. Right. They obscured his face a little bit so that way he could still be somebody. Yes. Um, we do have Wild Man Beyond with the No Mercy Bitch, uh, the front wedgie. Which I guess front wedges are called Melvins. They are. Uh, yeah, but so I don't know if they're the same on a woman for, as they are on a man. Like a Melvin okay. on a man is a much bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it um, is. <laughs> still not very comfortable, I would imagine. I've never been, luckily, I've avoided those. Um, not going to be very fun as a woman either, but as a man, um, probably a little worse. Yeah. I, I I can't speak to that, but I can imagine, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, then we get to... Now, there, there were some um, different screen caps that uh, I took at the end of that episode that didn't show up, so I guess I must have surpassed um, on this one, uh, surpassed the number that we're allowed. Uh, mm. Because when we leave the bar, there is a scene that we know exists, we know was shot, we have seen photographic proof of it, it is the new blueberry pie scene. We will never stop clamoring until it is released. And we see Johnny and Daniel walking down the street, arguing about which of them is sober enough to drive. The answer, of course, is neither. Right. But not a good idea. Should have Ubered, but right. somebody's got to drive that car. But Johnny ends up being the one that drives. Right. So. Um, also in this, you know, we get a little bit of a, a setup because he asks, you know, does it come in black or does he have it, have it in black? Obviously, we see that in season two. Yes, yes, we do see that coming in in in, in, in season two. Um, we have another callback to, <clears throat> excuse me, to Terry Silver and Mike Barnes. Um, excuse me, just a second here. No, no problem. Uh, one of the screen grabs that we just saw was Miguel and uh, Dimitri taking the uh, what is it? The, uh, the, AS? the SAT. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the SAT practice test? Right. And so for those that missed it, on the board, I believe it was, it's for students A through G. So I think that's a clue to um, Dimitri's last name because that's something that we asked about 
uh, to, to Luan and Joe, and they didn't reveal if Dimitri had a last name yet, but that's the clue there. So if it's anything past G, then it was a mistake, but that could be something, could be nothing. Right. Um, yeah, so we've got, you know, a few letters that it's going to start with, um, potentially, unless they forget. Um, but what I was talking about is, you know, toward the end there, when we're in the dojo, um, after the confrontation has happened and Johnny has shoved Daniel into the wall and Daniel has no clue what the hell is going on. Um, actually, none of them really. I mean, Robbie's the only one who really knows what's going on. Um, but he wasn't expecting his father and his teacher to walk through the door drunk together either. So, um, mm -hmm. pretty well, no one knows what's going on. Um, Daniel turns around and, and, you know, is this some kind of sick mind game you were trying to pull off on me? Um, this 49 year old man accusing the 16 year old kid of being Terry Silver. Um, yeah, pretty right. basically. So once again, driving home the point that as broken as we have seen Johnny to be throughout the season, Daniel is not okay. Yeah, this this show, this universe is all about bad timing. If Robbie wasn't there, the the boys would have been okay. Right, they would have. They'd have sparred. They'd have buried the hatchet. We would have entered this wonderful universe where they are bestest besties ever. And yeah, but no, not not yet. Not there yet. Not yet. So we end with uh, Daniel, with, with Johnny storming out of the dojo and Daniel throwing Robbie out and slamming the door in his face and picking up his broken trophy, reminding us that once upon a time, Daniel was the All-Valley Karate Champion. Mm-hmm. How's that for a segue into episode 10? It's great. Um, I love this montage, opening sequence. Love the song. Love the, the new mats. Uh, all all the, about the blue mats. All about the blue mats and all the uh, contestants putting on their geese and tying their belts. It's it's great. It's, uh, it gets me excited. Right. And as I'm sitting here watching this montage, you know, I remember going to state wrestling finals and things like that. And it's like, oh, there's the pretzels and there's the churros and there's the cotton candy. And it's like they really – those are the tickets that you get, and this is a big deal. Um, and this feels very natural. This is like an actual big sporting event. Um, it really is. I mean, uh, Amanda said it earlier, you know, that – wait, was it this season, right? Yeah, this season that um, karate in the Valley was like football in Texas. Is that yes. right? Is that the line? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, and she says that to the um, marketing reps. That's right. When yeah. they say that Daniel's bonsai thing is a gimmick, and yeah, she's like, "No, no, no, you have to understand." Um, and there is our All Valley committee, and quite possibly my single favorite shot of the entire season. Um, it's a really good shot uh, of Daniel standing in. Oh, front that of, one. Yeah, no, no, not of the. <laughs> I mean, no, the I, committee. I, I love me some committee, but uh, Daniel was standing in front of the banner and Ralph looking up at Daniel hanging above him and just the look on his face and, and everything you can tell how proud he is of that. Um, right. And then there was the deleted scene where Anthony, you know, kind of creeps up behind him and says all these nice things about him just to ask for some money. Right. Because Anthony makes everything worse and i can see why they cut it but right because it it, it does it, it's like um takes away from the scene 
it it's like the music falling off um and it would make daniel um it would kind of put daniel in the position raymond was in uh come season two in coyote creek uh, where you've got this big, big build-up and this big, nostalgic, wonderful moment, and then here comes this ten-year-old, and it's just like, Meow, and you know, the music just falls off, and it kills the whole, kills the whole thing. Right. Uh, Johnny is not there yet. The kids are wondering what happened, and Bert tells a story about seeing him peeing on his own car and saying that the end, uh, the world's coming to an end. Yes, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. That's we're right. We're all gonna die, kid. <laughs> Uh, because uh, peeing on his own car will definitely show Daniel. Right, on the license plate. Right, uh, who's pissed yeah, now? Yeah. Uh, I right, don't right. know, but probably not Daniel because um, he has no idea you're doing that. Right. <laughs> you're really just peeing on your own car here, Johnny. So, um, and then we go oh. into uh, Johnny, or into, yeah, to Johnny's uh, super inspirational um, pep, pep talk, big motivational speech. It's a good one. He finishes up with the the third. What is it? The third rule, or yes. I forget the line. Yeah, the yeah. third rule of the third rule of Cobra Kai. No mercy. Um, yeah, I. This is a great scene. Obviously, there's a lot of the, the fighting. Uh, I really do the, love the choreography. Uh, they have Hidakota, the stunt coordinator, uh, season one, to uh, play the ref, like Pat Johnson did in the movies. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about like much of the match. Just you know, I I have one of my favorite uh, moments is when Hawk just hops up onto the mat, you know, uh, unassisted. You know, yes. No, yeah, I just I thought that was just a badass way to get onto the mat. Yes, um, most of the like super badass memorable uh, scenes from the tournament. Uh, definitely from you know the early part of it before we get into the Miguel and Robbie stuff is Hawk, um, the Superman punch, the uh, fact that he brought a sound effect for when he wins or when he executes a particularly impressive move. Um, I don't know quite what that shot of Eli is. I oh that oh okay that's what it was. It was me trying to capture him kicking Robbie. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Looks awful. Um, but, uh, you know, having the, having the sound effect and the, the – why they didn't stop the 16-year-old from half-stripping off in the middle of the mat, I don't know. That's a sportsmanship <laughs> violation um, all over but the damn, place. damn, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, taking off his gi and flapping the wings. Which is, it's impressive television, but probably should have, you know, been a technical – um, either on the team or against him in his next match. Right. That's kind of like in the NBA when you're just like pumping up your chest after like a really big defensive move or something like that. It's just, you know, players are competitive and I see, I, I think it's in character. Um, you know, it's fine. Right. It's like celebrating in the end zone. Yeah, exactly. Which is actually against the rules. Yeah. Um, uh, Wild Man Beyond said seeing the black geese were awesome. Yes, absolutely awesome. As soon as Johnny looks up and smiles and says, no, you're not wearing those. I was like, yes, he got them. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it's coming. Right. Um, oh, I meant and, to take that one out, too, because there was one that uh, the uh, slider bar was visible on. Whoops. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, there was one point. Um, I, I don't remember. I, I don't think I said it in the. Um, in this episode's review when, when Tom and I first covered it. But at some point, I did reveal that the way that the Cobra Kai uh, enter 
you know, the the, the um, when they were announced, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, you know, in unison, it, that's not something I ever caught in the movies until I rewatched after watching Cobra Kai. So I don't know what it was. It's 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 a fantastic shot of John G. Elvison, you know, um, kind of swooping in the wonder of them entering, right? You know, the All Valley Tournament. I guess I'll, my eyes were always just following Miyagi, Daniel, and Allie. That I never paid attention to the Cobra Kai in the corner coming in that very same way. Okay, and see now to me because I had watched it and had dwelled on it the way you do Back to the Future. Um, as soon as I heard them yelling Cobra Kai from the hallway. I was like, oh, my God, here they come. They're running in. That's because, awesome. Because I, I just, you know, knew that this is their entrance. This is, you know, them running past Daniel and shoving him in the movie. Um, only they don't have anyone to shove this time. They're just coming in. This is their entrance line. Um, and it's, it is incredibly, it is an incredibly badass entrance. Uh, there are only... You know, everyone else is already out there, already on stage. All of the dojos are already standing around the mat, um, with the exception of Cobra Kai and Robbie. Um, Robbie comes out by himself and, you know, takes a spot over in the corner. And the Cobra Kai come out and do their, you know, the the, the coming out chanting in line with Johnny behind them. Right. And you get another uh, instance of Daryl going, badass name for a dojo. Um, Great line, caught back from episode seven. Yes. Uh, Aisha gets uh, eliminated uh, from Xander. God, I, I was all like Tanner. No, no <laughs> Xander. Yeah, Xander. Um, you know, defeats her. Right. And Which, uh, Sam I mean, has. But lo- as far as plot goes, um, as much as I love Aisha, she had to lose there because we can't end up with three Cobras in the finals. Right, and Hawk gets disqualified. So, what do you want? You want Aisha to get disqualified for that? That's not, you know, she wouldn't have done that. Right, right. You can't have you can't have Miguel and Robbie fight yet because they're the big one at the end. Um, you know that Aisha is not going to have a prayer against Miguel. Right. Um, just because uh, we saw how she did, you know, we've seen how she does against him. Um, and uh, if they put her with Robbie then there's a chance that Miguel maybe doesn't make it to the finals because he's up against Hawk. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I it, it was interesting. And it had to be done the way it was. So, I, Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it would be interesting also to see um, a future episode if the, if the tournament returns where two of the characters who are Cobras are at odds to that very last episode or to to that episode and see two go- Cobras go at it. In which case, to make me happy, it would have to be Hawk and Miguel. Um, even though we've already seen them go at it um, at Coyote Creek, you know, they, they buried the hatchet the next day and Cobra Kai, Brothers for Life, you know, that whole thing going on. Um, I would like to see those two get to it, you know, and really go after each other on the mat. As of right now, I, I feel like that's um, maybe not the most likely, but very likely. You know, like it's up there, but uh, we don't know if there's going to be any more side switching. You know, uh, w- w- with what's coming up in season three or thereafter. Right? You know, yeah, we have no idea. 
yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's a tournament in season three. Um, you know, maybe four if it returns, but this is all speculation. Right. Um and this the screen the shot that just went by, um, the guy sitting between Sam and Anthony when Johnny has Miguel do the crane. Um and if we get back around to him again, uh, I'll, I'll point him out again. He is laughing his ass off. Um, one assumes that either the actor and or the character knows they're sitting right behind Daniel LaRusso, Ralph Macchio, when, you know, here's this other kid doing the iconic move that made him everything he is, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy is just living for it. Um, like, it's a funniest thing he's ever seen and he is bent in half and he is laughing so hard um and i just love him i when it comes to random actors that filled the stands at the all valley i think he's my favorite yeah because he is he he knows who daniel is he uh, knows who johnny is he knows what this whole thing means um and he loves he's, it. He's us, right? <laughs> yes. He's the audience. He is. He is the audience in that in that moment, and he just he loves it. And you know, I I did too. There was this little part of me that at first I'm like, oh, that's cheap, Johnny. Um, but then I'm like, but that's really awesome, Johnny. It's great. It's because great because they I mean, take the secret move off the table. You know, a secret move. Right. Off well, the table, I mean, right off the bat. Exactly. It's it's not like oh. I wonder if it's going to show up. Boom. Here it is, you guys. It's out of the way now. Right, right. And it's back to those uh, setting up the subverted tropes. Um, Mm -hmm. And they did that one wonderfully. Right. I don't think we need to get into the hand rub. I I think we, you know, all have our thoughts about that. Right. But that was another instance where they, they set it up and they shot it down. And I think it was funny. I think it was very entertaining that they did that. Um, yeah, I I think uh, my first impression of that scene was the hand rub. Like I I get it, and I'm I'm glad that they didn't do it again. But it almost makes no sense why Daniel did the hand rub that way. You know, it, because he wasn't probably had cold. no clue what he was doing. Yeah, I know, but um, I get it. But that was just my opinion at, uh, at first. I mean, I still kind of am of that opinion. Like, I, I wish there was maybe more reason if he had said like, "Oh gosh, it's cold in here," you know, like when he first walked in or something. And then right. he does that, like, but but just to kind of randomly like, and then to transport us back to when Mr. Miyagi does that to him, you know, and, and then he just stops and then calls for a medic. I'm just like, ah, to me, I felt like it was misdirect. Yeah, uh, uh, Mike Tobin M. Tizzle uh, says it was a wink to us, and it was 100. percent It, it yes. really yes, it doesn't was. make any sense in any context in the scene. I mean, it's um, it's kind of like hearing inspiration. You know, uh, in in season two. Well, it's a wink, right? It, it's it's a it's a wink. You're not supposed nod, to question it. You, yeah, you have to make the connection between Peter Satira and Chicago, and you know, it's Sam reading the back of the Outsiders. This is for right. you guys. Um, exactly. Don't look jo- into Joe it talked too about deeply. it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. See, and that's that's me looking into it too much. It's you know, it's the same thing. There's just certain things that that um, affect us differently than others. Right. And and then the tropes that they set up that they followed through on. Daniel LaRusso is going to coach. Yep. Um, Same cadence and all. Yes. Even Sue runs out onto the carpet kind of like uh, Allie does. Yes. Almost beat for beat. Um, one of the, the, if not the single most beautiful shot 
that we got of, of uh, Daniel and Johnny throughout the entire season is them standing across the mat from each other there with the light shining behind them. Um, and then the setup of the, the fight, of course, that we all knew was coming. Um, if you didn't realize that season one was going to end with a finals match between Robbie and Miguel, you have not been paying attention since the first five minutes of Ace Degenerate. <laughs> um, but very well done. Because I don't know about anyone else, but when Daryl says, I don't know about you, but I did not see that coming, um, I didn't. Right. I and, thought Robbie was going to win. And and I think that's another thing with the writing, too. Like, sometimes they write a line that we are all thinking just to call it out. Right, right. And they, they did such a fantastic job with, with um, Billy's – and Billy did such a fantastic job throughout this whole scene – of, you know, the expression on his face and, and Ralph did it with Daniel too. Like Daniel keeps looking to Johnny, like, are you going to stop him? Are you going to stop him? Are you going to let him do this? And then Johnny's face is like, Oh, am I going to let him, I can't let him do this. I got to stop this. Um, You know, so you, you realize that right here at the very end, even Johnny is not super into um, the way Miguel is behaving. And even Johnny is not super sure that Miguel is the good guy anymore. Right. Um, so if for them to set that up and then to let the quote unquote bad guy win, um, that never happens. I mean, it, it does. It does. Uh, th- but we th- didn't expect it. We right. didn't expect it. When does this, the Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> you know, right. The bad guy is generally not winning at the end of a season because then what was the whole point of the season right were we supposed to just follow miguel down this dark path and then he's just there uh-huh you know like what what's the point um and yeah matthew says that that, that he thought that uh that miguel was always going to win uh dipstar thought robbie was going to win melissa thought robbie was going to win uh, Mikey Graff thought Robbie was going to see everyone thought that Robbie like most people thought Robbie was going to win. Right. Uh, because that was the direction that they were going by setting him up with the, you know, this comparable injury to Daniel and Johnny questioning the, the lessons that he passed on even unwillingly or unintentionally to his kids. And that, he turned Miguel into like a pint sized crease and that wasn't what he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then that's rewarded because Miguel wins. Right. So it like turns the whole universe on its ear. Yeah. A a lot is just going on right here. Um, Obviously, you know, Miguel wins and then his reaction is more like Daniel as opposed to how things went down with Johnny and crease in the first movie. Um, Also with, you know, knowing that uh, Miguel knows Robbie's um, weeks, weakness, you know, his shoulder. And then to see, like, Yaya and Carmen cheer because that's, you know, that's their child who just won. But, like, the audience, we know that Miguel kind of, you know, did something dirty there. Um, right. So just, just a, lot of, a lot is going on in this moment, too. Right. And John Wells in the chat brings up, he says, Cobra Kai winning is Johnny being redeemed. But I don't think it is. Because nothing about Miguel winning in any way feels like a redemption to Johnny, 
Johnny feels like he failed. Right. Which is why he doesn't stay on the mat with his kids. He chases Daniel and Robbie down. Um, it's the beginning of Johnny realizing he can be redeemed. Uh, which we see is starting in No Mercy or in, in, in Mercy Part 2. You know, we, we see that starting in Season 2. He realizes that he can be redeemed. But no, Miguel winning at the end of season one is not Johnny being redeemed. It's actually Daniel being proven right. Right. Uh, which is that um, Cobra Kai is not good for people. Uh, Wild Man Beyond says that we forgot about the, the warm one-arm kick. I know that it was one of the screen grabs that we, that we have. Um, yes. Obviously, Robbie, uh, his, his uh, one shoulder is hurt. And they did set this up earlier when... You know, they referenced, um, you know, Luke at Dagobah, right, with Yoda, all that. So D Daniel's doing that move. And and then he also tells Robbie about the one-arm kick. And we see Robbie do it with uh, the skateboarding sequence in this episode or is it the previous episode? Different but same. It's the cold open of different. Okay, same. that's right. The very beginning. Yeah. Um, so, yep. So Robbie does do that here. Uh, your thoughts on that, on that move? Uh-oh. On the one-arm kick, it was yeah. impressive. I'm going to have that one of those things where I don't know how to hang up. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. I've had a cat walking up here and randomly meowing in my microphone for the last 45 minutes. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's impressive. And one of the things I keep meaning to, like every time a Q&A comes up, I always forget that I want to ask this. But it's along the same lines as, you know, when we were talking to Jeff on the trivia about um, the fight on the beach in season two and how many times you can see Ralph's face executing some of those moves and trying to understand why other than the jump off the um, deck did he have a stuntman mm -hmm. because he can obviously do it himself because he did um, he's the one who flips Cruz's stuntman he's you know he's he's it, you, you see his face for all of this you see Tanner's face when Robbie puts his hand down on the mat to go up into that kick and you see Tanner's face coming up from the one-armed handstand when Robbie stands up. Yeah. So I really want to know, is Tanner at the end of the day physically capable of doing that? Um, I am fairly sure that the shot from the back uh, where you see um, Sholo getting kicked in the chest, I'm pretty sure that was a stuntman just if for no for no other reason than the control. Uh, they wouldn't have wanted Tanner coming up and kicking Sholo in the chest and potentially breaking his sternum. <laughs> um, right. They would want someone that would know how to control it so that didn't happen. Um, but I want to know if, if Tanner is actually capable of doing it. Cause I, think I do wonder. Is. Yeah. Yeah. But I also wonder if there's any warifu, um, you know, going on there as well. You mean like there is in both handstands? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 a little ridiculous looking, um, more so with Daniel than with Tanner, but or uh, Robbie. I never do that. What the hell? Um, but more so with Daniel's than with with Robbie's. Robbie's looks, I think, a little bit better just because his he's kind of off balance. You know, um, yeah. but Daniel looks very much like um, Luke Skywalker. Uh, like you, you honestly expect him to, you know, have rocks and Yoda floating next to him, uh, when he's up doing his, but, um, I, I love the kick. I really do. Um, I think it was, it, it was a fantastic, it gets them to that, you know, the, the two, two tie. Um, 
um, which puts them in the same place that Johnny and Daniel were. Um, and then the only way that Miguel it, could Miguel beat him, honestly, probably did he? No. Right. Not with the advantage there of Robbie being injured, uh, which was caused previously by Hawk. So Miguel wins first place. Uh, Robbie wins second. Daniel says that, uh, you know, despite what it says on that trophy, he, he's still a winner. Right. Because uh, he, he fought with honor. This is another one where I obviously hit the limit that I'm allowed of screen caps. Um, because the, the caps that I took of, you know, Johnny chasing Daniel and Robbie down to apologize um, to Robbie for, for what happened and um, them in the car and getting to Miyagi-Do and then, of course, the big season one reveal at the end, the bad guy stepping out of the grave and out of the shadows um, isn't showing up on the screen, but uh, it's definitely there. Right. Uh, And then we see the uh, Miyagi-Do. Yes. Yes. A wild man beyond says the one arm kick is the new crane and nobody noticed. Oh yeah. No, we, we, we noticed. We we did. You just, I think you just found us. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we absolutely noticed. Um, and I was glad that season two didn't have anything not, not quite so overt. I mean, I guess you could argue that the, the wheel technique is, but, um, it's the move. Have, that was you know, a new move. Yeah. Right. right. How, how do you, how do you, um, you know, right. Sequels, more explosions and more characters, things like that. So, you know, season two, you got, Two people have to execute a uh, difficult move. Um, yeah, yeah, and and you know we we've got. Um, I still remember the way I felt when Daniel and Robbie walked through that yard. As soon as he opened the gate, I knew where they were. Um, doesn't matter in the slightest that the building that my brain thought they were walking up to has not existed in thirty years. Um, I still knew exactly where they were. And when they walk by and that tarp is pulled up just that little bit and you see that little bit of chrome and that one headlight sticking out, it's like, oh, my God, there she oh, is. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. Oh, there um, she is. <laughs> I, I, this is a little bit off topic, but we were just talking about the wheel technique. Um, I guess now kind of remembering talking to Janelle and Hito and talking about that wheel technique, they mentioned that it made it easy because – Mary Mauser is left-handed, you know, so she, all she had to do is mirror, mirror what Tanner was doing. Oh, that, okay. There, yeah, there's yeah. the answer so, to your question then. So, so now I need to know if Courtney was, is left-handed or is Amanda because Mary is, uh, or Sam. I'm going Good to cow. guess that Courtney is as well because like she wears bracelets on her right arm. She wears her watch mm. on her right arm. Okay. Um, and I don't think that that's anything that they would go quite so far with. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's fairly obvious that she writes left handed and she types left handed. And, you know, it, I, I think that would I think it was just a coincidence that both actresses. Yeah. 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 Fortunate happenstance. OK. Uh, we've got Dipstar here in the chat saying the whole point of the films is that Miyagi Do Karate will always beat Cobra Kai. The whole point of the films is that Daniel's the main character. Yeah. I was trying to think of an actual overarching theme, um, but really, that's that's it. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Matthew Shire says, do you think Julie did the wheel technique with Daniel? Uh, we talked about this in one of our episodes that, you know, obviously Daniel knew how to do it somehow. And if it wasn't Miyagi, who was it that he learned it with? So it's it's possible. Right. Yeah, it is entirely possible. I mean, we, we had all kinds of different, um, you know, opinions and things thrown out for who we thought Daniel could have learned it with. Mm-hmm. Um but we get to the end here and, you know, we've got Daniel showing Robbie the backyard and welcome to Miyagi do Karate. Uh, Johnny, if there's any doubt whatsoever that he does not feel that he was redeemed in the slightest by what just happened, it's what he's doing. He's sitting there staring at this trophy that he thought he wanted so badly for the last 34 years and he can't stand the sight of it. He's trying to drink it away mm-hmm. uh, because he he just he's he can't deal with, you know, he can't face what he did to get it or what he allowed to be done to his son to get it. It's it's a big deal. Right. Um, and, you know, as if he doesn't have enough trouble, then <laughs> the good, bad and the ugly soundtrack starts playing and John Kreese walks in. That's right. The story has just begun. Yeah. So, uh, big reveal. I was surprised. Um, you know, lucky for us, the the, the one-dayers, whatever you want to call us, the OG Cobras, uh, I was not spoiled by that. So, um, it was very effective, and I cannot wait for season two. Right, yeah. I, I, I was – consider us – those of us that saw it originally – or that were somehow fortunate enough to avoid being spoiled, uh, because I know that uh, by the time uh, Real Rejects got around to watching it, by the time Late to the Party uh, got around to watching it, they honestly didn't know how it ended. So their reactions are completely and totally, um, what's the word, sincere. Uh-huh. Um, and they're so much like mine. You know, anyone anyone who wants to... It, relive it, you know, because we have so many years history with this show um, that it's really, really hard to reach back and recapture those feelings. Definitely look up Lake to the Party and um, Real Rejects and watch their reactions because, like, in every instance, they reacted the exact same way I did. And it makes you feel that way again. Or if not feel that way, remember enough that, you know... You're you're almost right there again, right? I guess that wraps it up. Uh, we did kind of promote some things coming up here at the top of the show. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to comment on before we uh, end this? Um, no, not really. Um, okay. uh, we've uh, we've got to, to figure out when we're going to do this for season two. I say as I go back through um, the episodes here on the way back down. Um, Definitely not too soon, but it will be right. coming. But yeah, but it, it because we want to, you know, uh, give recaps for the new people. Um, if you want more of a deep dive again um, into the episodes, a bit more in-depth analysis, uh, those are on the audio podcast. Should hopefully be making their way over to the YouTube channel. Um, no real timeline on that, but should hopefully be coming over at some point. I'm not sure yet about about the episode uh, reviews. I'm I'm not sure. I haven't really decided. We'll we'll talk about that. Right. It's like a logistics yeah. thing. Yeah. It's just there's just so many episodes. We have like a hundred 
30 on the audio podcast. I, I don't. I wasn't planning on bringing them all over. Um, the idea was just more so of the interviews. Yeah, so, definitely we want to get the interviews over here. Yeah, I mean, because the interviews were almost at 50, and then, the, the, you know, the episodes are another 20, you know. So, right. um, yeah, I, I, I don't want it to be exactly the same, you know. So we'll have some content here, some content there. Right. So... Um, but but for the season two recap, I think the idea is just to kind of give like these um, newer Netflix fans uh, some more time to digest season two um, before kind of getting into other things. Even even if some other uh, content creators are doing season two, we'll just give ours a little bit more time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that so. works. OK, uh, Brianna, where can people find you if they want to follow you if they don't already? Um, I am Brianna25, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, uh, YouTube, archive of our own, fanfiction.net. I make posters, I make music videos, I write silly stories. Hi. All right. Um, and oh, also Instagram. for me. Oh, Instagram, yes. Uh, for those that want to follow me on Twitter, if you don't already, I'm at Cobra Kai Pod, Cobra Kai Podcast on Instagram, um, audio podcast, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Anywhere you can find podcasts, we're probably there. Or check out the website, which is under construction, kind of. But all of our interviews are currently uh, there. For uh, you know, it's a little bit more easier to find, and they're all listed on one page. And that's CobraKaiCompanion.com. Uh, right. Com. It's being remodeled. Re- being remodeled eventually. So um, that's going to do it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. And while you're here, don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell notification so you find out anytime we go live, which we do sometimes with, you know, less than a moment's notice. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.